Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast uh thank you guys for being with us here it is episode number 156 and it is monday december the 2nd 2019 we are counting down towards the end of the year i am of course joe Murata, and that's michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy quinn how's it going here how was oh. your turkey day oh it was very uh turkey-licious i you, guess you'd say you eat all those pies like a girl of monsoon would want you to the do stuffing <laughs> stovetop edition oh yeah cranberry of sauce in a can with I the mean, little imprints yes it's gotta have the imprints <laughs> it's, it's gotta important. have the imprints it okay. is and thank you folks hopefully we can imprint some retro wrestling knowledge to you today as we romp you through the world the whole world of retro wrestling uh, thank you guys as always for being back with us here some good topics in store for you but before we get to any of that i want to remind you if you have a twitter and you don't follow us yet why don't you go ahead and do that go to your app or your browser or whatever you use and go to at ovp podcast on twitter because there you're going to get not only like show information who cares about that mm-hmm. we have a lot of video clips that people have been digging so lately. many video all clips. sorts of stuff Com- coming from the ovp archives i guess yes the you ovp have, library yeah, we have a library it's under construction in the studio you, you don't it's off camera you don't see it no you don't get to see it but you can go to our twitter and check us out there also you can email us if you use the email you can do that at ovppodcast at gmail.com that is ovppodcast at gmail.com but really if you want to have like conversations and debate and then share funny stories or anecdotes or ask questions we have a group for that uh, we've purchased the uh, the space from Facebook right uh, Quinn why don't you tell everyone about that well, it's uh, facebook.com slash uh, space <laughs> it's a nook of the internet yeah, um, nook. That, you know it's very private it's a private nook cozy sit in a rocking chair and watch wrestling clips or yeah. something but that's not really what you do there you actually <laughs> talk about wrestling with other talking wrestling people right other like-minded talking wrestling people talking wrestling people yeah so that's, that's what we call them from tonka yeah for the, the tonka men um but anyway over there uh there's a search bar yeah. you got to find this room it's like you know it's a, it's a door somewhere on the right. internet so th- there's an easy way to find that room if you type in the search bar our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast bing bang boom kaflui gore yeah. all the stuff and then the operators are like, hey, you want in? And they, they open the door and they let you yeah, in. they go click and yeah. then you're in. That's that's all there is to it. Once you join the group, uh, if you're a talking wrestling person, what you, talking get to, wrestling person. <laughs> what you get to do is talk about any era of wrestling you want. We focus on the retro. You're allowed to bring up current. The one key, the one main ingredient that we try to uh, promote here is that you're just nice to each other. You don't have to agree on everything. You can be, you know, you can make negative comments about wrestling, but no personal attacks. Be nice to each other. That's the whole point. We want a, a haven, if you will, for people to uh, be able to talk about their retro wrestling opinions unbridled, you know, without any fear of contempt from other people. I think the policy we could say is don't be a dingus. Yeah, to, I think to sum the, it up nicely. That's the official policy. That's the uh, three word, I that's guess. That's our credo. Don't be a dingus. Okay, four word. It's four. Okay. Uh, don't be a dingus. Go to our Facebook group. It'll be a fun time there. And also, if you like, uh, if you like our show, let's say you've been listening for a little bit or maybe for a long time and you like our show and you have a few bucks to spare, no pressure or anything like that, but we do have a lot of extra content over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We're talking behind the scenes videos, you know, the making of every show. We're talking archive stuff. 
Mount Rushmore, Death Valley extras, live video reviews, and the pay-per-view reviews. That's a biggie. Uh, Survivor Series is coming out this month, and then next month, Survivor Series 88, that is. Wow. And, and then next month will be the Royal Rumble. So lots going on there at Patreon. We'll have a little bit more information later on in the show, but patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Uh, but this season, Quinn, which we are now midway through. Well, we are, aren't we? we yeah. Time we, flies. Time flies when you're having fun here, and we are having fun, Maggie. And uh, what we've been doing is we've been taking some people that kind of settled for the most of their careers in the middle of a card, not the upper, not no. the lower. No, definitely not the lower. That mid-range of the card, you know, right, the middle right. tier of the card. It's the middle class of wrestling. The middle class of wrestling. We call w- it the mid-card usually. Working class, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can go with that. Uh, so we've been giving our little OVP salute. To the mid-card. Who wants to be a mid-carder? <laughs> and our final answer for today, Quinn, uh, this was suggested by Billy Dyball, and he wa- I hope I'm saying that right, and he wanted us to talk about someone that I certainly appreciate. I think it'll be a fun discussion. Okay. Sean Waltman. Oh, yeah. Sean Waltman. Uh, X-Pac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, one, two, three, kid, yeah. six. The lightning kid, if you will. Lightning boy. Now, uh, X-Factor music notwithstanding, you know, it was the latter part of his WWE oh, my career. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that last yeah, week? It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, but Sean Waltman, lightning kid, whatever you want to call him, one, two, three, kid, certainly a great wrestler that maybe as a wrestler kind of underrated because a lot of people think of him now and they think X-Pac heat. Yeah, X-Pac you know, heat. That yes. period of time in the early 2000s where he was seemingly on everything for he, seemingly no reason. Is he related to Pac, the wrestler, in any way? He is not, okay. or, or Tupac, from yeah, what I understand. Okay. But Sean Waltman was an interesting study in the WWF and WCW. When he started his career, he really was a kid. I think he was maybe 17, 18, and he became the Lightning Kid. Right. And Very apropos, I would say. A great name, too, in all seriousness, yeah. for a guy that's small and quick and high-flying. They didn't the- just call him the High Flyer or something, <laughs> did they? <laughs> no, that would be like Greg Gagne. Yeah. Uh, and he was the Lightning Kid, mainly in Global and elsewhere, other promotions before the World Wrestling Federation. Today is a big day for the 15-man battle royal for the TV championship. And when all is said and done... Lightning will strike the NAWA, and I'll come home with the belt. He competed in the uh, what would become the Super J at the time. It was like the top of the Super Juniors tournament in Japan in 93. Did he make... I feel like his time in Japan was not as pronounced as some Wasn't other there long. Yeah, it was, it was like a, a tour or something, right? It was a tour, and I remember we actually caught one of his matches in a review a little while back against uh, oh, Eddie Guerrero. Wait, was that does, is that the thing with the sneakers in the background? <laughs> yes, yeah. the thing with the ping pong in the background, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he was a great high-flying wrestler, uh, kind of ahead of his time in a lot of ways. Some of the spots that he would do off the rope, moonsaults and flips and things like that, commonplace now. I think he was in the wrong organization for that, though, to be honest with you. Well, that's the thing. Him. So, he gets a tryout in the WWF uh, right around WrestleMania 9, and he they, they sign him, and he debuts as the Cannonball Kid and the Kamikaze Kid. He get, he's a kind jobber. A, yeah, he's a jobber, right? Mr. Hughes against the Kamikaze Kid. Actually, I think he called himself the Cannonball Kid this week. Kamikaze Kid last week. They seem to be setting up from the get-go that he's like, He's more than a jobber, right. but they don't want to tell you that at first. Right, just, yeah, like, just yet. They don't yeah. want to say it. Yeah. And obviously, uh, his most famous moment was when he got his first win, and that was on the May 17th, 93 Raw, introduced as just the kid right, against Razor Ramon, who was still a heel at the time, right. in arguably, Quinn, what I would call maybe the first really major Raw moment in oh, that yeah, show's history. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. It's, like, it's the first Raw like big moment, other than the first episode of 
if you're into Damien Demento and, and Rob stuff. Bartlett making yeah. horrible Mike Tyson impressions. Yeah. The whole God, it's so bad. Dinky. So. Oh, look out! Carefully, you missed the dinky. Sean Waltman, big upset over Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon flips out and he gets the moonsault. And- I still remember that pin, like how he like rolled him up and everything. Yep. Like it's like still always in my head. Classic. Um, oh, I have to say, I always liked his music because, um, first of all, it did really good on the Raw video game. It sounded amazing. It does, yes. But also, on top of it, it's got the, like, in the real version, it's got the actual, like, you can hear the fans counting one, two, three. It's very good. Um, it's very exciting. And, like, I always associate this whole period with, like, him having that good match with like Owen Hart that was only like four seconds King long the Ring or, uh, but yeah. it seems like it's the greatest match to ever it's happened awesome. like, I don't even understand how they made like a how long is that like three minutes or no, something about three and a half minutes I don't know how they made a three minute match seem like a classic but they did he, yeah and that's but, one of the things about the kid and obviously credit to Owen Hart as well but he would have some good matches during this period of time mainly on TV more than pay-per-view but he had that King of the Ring one but he would go on to defeat Ted DiBiase in 93 and his whole gimmick was that of the young plucky under underneath guy like this underdog uh he went out with a knee injury in early 94 came back and one of the things he did about a month after the king of the ring is he had an awesome world title match against bret hart on raw oh yeah and i mean bret hart i i know they didn't they work together more than once right i mean they might have but that was their first time i think yeah that was their first time but i i always thought those two had really good chemistry in general yep and credit to bret he played the heel in that match bret you know bret the world champion face he played a heel to get sympathy for the kid to make it look believable. And damn, was it a believable match. Great I, match. I always, one thing I really like about Sean Waltman in this period is I just feel like he is part of that core of wrestlers in 94 that was trying to carry the company with wrestling. The much maligned new generation, yeah. Right. Him, Sean, Brett. Razor. Razor. Even Big Daddy Cole to, to an extent. Owen. Owen. Bulldog when he came back. Yeah, like this core of guys that they were kind of just carrying the company in tough times, but like they were doing it with wrestling and I always enjoyed that about this group. It's a shame that not all of them got along because they really like as a as a core of people were very good. They really were. Yeah. And especially when Waltman worked within the clique, he was really good. You know what right. I mean? If you, you put him against Shawn Michaels or something Working like that. Working with the Hearts, though. The, and there Great with both of them. of friends yeah. over there as well. There so, you go. You know, he, he he was very interchangeable with all of them. Yeah. And he, you know what he was? He was solid fundamentally. And then he had this excitement about him because he could do all these high flying spots. And he was just a very... A uh, dynamic, exciting wrestler. Now I know the heel turn is something that you're not a fan oh, of. Oh yeah, late this, to me, this is when they this is when they deep sixed him as far as uh, <laughs> no pun intended. His first run, where it was, I just felt like he was just sabotaged to look like shit, and then they just kind of like is on his way out the door. Like, and I don't blame him for leaving. Like, well, they made yeah. him look like garbage. Well, basically, what happened, folks? Yeah, the Cliff Notes version is in late '95. He started to get upset with Razor Ramon, treating him like a little kid. Razor, of course, a face by now. They had a nice little feud. The problem is that, well, in some people's eyes, is that the feud ended in that uh, crybaby match in February right. of 96. And that, that that stained him to me. I was just like, this is terrible. <laughs> it's not that bad, I is don't it? know. I just always, like, why would I just ever feel? I felt as that character, the one, two, three kid was dead. 
that moment that happened. Like that, like there, there was no point of him anymore. He was Perhaps. just, he's just a big loser. Like, and he it, was all that was left of the million dollar corporation right, too. Cause Sid had bailed. Piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah. I mean like everything about him sucked at that yeah. point. The only thing I could say is that it helped pave the way because after that crybaby match, especially, he turned into a real asshole as a character. Well, he, and it paved it, the way for the six character, right? And it did some good in the sense that, yeah, when he goes to WCW, he's bitching about how he was treated, and he he's not wrong. Like, <laughs> he looked right. like shit. Like, yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? And I was kind of like happy when he came to WCW. To be honest, be perfectly honest with you, the, his the early part of him in WCW yes, was fun. Well, that's great. Perfect segue there because he shows up. He leaves WWF in May of '96, right. right before the curtain call. I don't know if he was in rehab or there was some drug issue. He comes to WCW, sitting in the audience uh, in September of 96, so the NWO is in its infancy here, only a few months old. He was the sixth man. And also, one plus two plus three is six. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All worked out with the numbers. Yep. Thanks a lot for the math lesson, Sesame Shitheads. Maybe next you can teach me how to wipe my ass? And he was most closely associated when he was in the NWO with Hall and Nash, which obviously in real life, they were the click. Right. Anyway. Now, I actually liked his character in a weird way because he was annoying, but also there's something about how they inserted him into the cruiserweight division. <laughs> yes. And I felt like it was like just the NWO just to be fucking assholes they're like oh look we got a cruiserweight guy let's yep. have him go kick all of their asses and he and, did and, he did. and yep. they all look like stupid idiots like they could <laughs> nobody could like beat six because it's like yeah this is a real wwf guy like yeah. that's like how it came it off was. it was like no this is a wwf guy and this is their best high flyer and all you stupid wcw people can't even like compete with him great heel work right right and of course that's where he had developed that more street character for lack of a better term yeah this is where there was more edge to him i mean i know it's a beard yeah exactly i was just gonna say it's stupid but he had like a goatee and he just looked like a dick he he just looked like like it's like fuck this guy like you know what i mean yep and then he uh, gets injured in october 97 and is infamously laid off via fedex by eric bischoff yeah and And then (laughs) this this leads to one of the best comebacks and speeches i love it so much so famously the night after wrestlemania 14 triple h does his whole quinn's favorite you know the drop the ball promo about sean i hate that part but it leads (laughs) to a good thing so then he's like you turn to your friends you turn to the click and he turns like turn to your blood and then he point he does that Triple H, sometimes he had some good moments, and yes, I love did. when he points to his veins yep, and he yep. like clicks it. I don't know if you hear it into the <laughs> mic there, but yep. uh, whatever he does, I'm just like, that's a good fucking good line. moment. Yeah. So we get DX's music queuing up, and who walks out but Sean Waltman, dressed just like, like X-Pac. You know, like, like Six? I mean Six, yeah. excuse me, yeah. Just like Six, and the crowd, and the, these are heels still, DX's right. heels, the crowd pops for that well because they're like, like oh shit yes! like an nwo member on top yes. of that was like the first nwo guy to right. come over and they're like what the fuck's happening yep. like you know what i mean like that was like a big surprise you look to the click And of course, he says, Hulk Hogan, you suck, pal. Yeah, that, which is like a great line. Well, Hulk Hogan, you suck, pal. <laughs> Love it. Hulk Hogan, you suck, pal. <laughs> so good. And Fuck you, Eric Bischoff. <laughs> yep. Like, he craps on Eric yep. Bischoff. Like, and it was like, it was the right time because for so long, WWF 
they never really acknowledged WCW. And, you know, for many years, I was waiting for them to just get on there. Besides the shitty billionaire Ted skits would suck horrible. But, like, I wanted them to really, like, fire back because Bischoff on a, on a weekly basis was talking shit about them. And and I thought like a disgruntled employee getting out there and passionately saying like fuck that roster yep, yep. and like on, like on a live mic yeah. was just it was so needed. And that was a shoot. I mean yeah. really. I mean it was yeah. allowed but it was a shoot. Right. And he rode that wave in, of momentum because DX turned face and he put on some great stuff in the mid card. I remember him his feud with D'Lo Brown his in feud with D'Lo is great. It's uh, really that good. That whole like X-Pac um face but like with some straightness to him yeah. but like he, he, he they did the come from behind thing again but it was done in a different way yep. like he had a bit of an attitude yep. if you will like but at the same time it's like he still was coming from up from the bottom like in all his matches yeah. he was always getting his ass fighting from underneath yep. and then he would just come back and get like he had some of the best matches on raw at that time when raw was guy. like when raw was like not really about matches yep. but i loved anything x-pac did on raw yeah like, uh, i was very excited about his matches in 99 his team with kane was great right when he when they had the green when that he had the green fun, yeah, that yeah. was fun but then I feel like the end of that team is where the X-Pac starts to just become annoying. And right. like, it's just like, ugh. basically once DX kind of dissipates in 2000 and triple H is just doing his own thing once and for all mm-hmm. road dog and X-Pac have this dumb feud over the DX name or something I, in 2000. And then we get the X factor team with just incredible right, and all that. It's kinda like X-Pac starts his own X right. group or something. his own X group. And then when the invasion happens and WWF supposed to be faces Kidman faces him and everyone's like, no, fuck X-Pac. We yeah. like Kidman. Right. You know? was like, <laughs> well, he was cool in WCW. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember when he had the calamine lotion and all that. <laughs> I like him. Very itchy. Yeah. And then his last hurrah on WWF was in 02 when he kind of came in as an NWO member kind of after WrestleMania 18 briefly kind of for a, a little bit. It's kind of a weird, they were trying, I guess, maybe to reintroduce him, right? Reintroduce him, yeah. Right. And yeah, people were just tired of him by then. But it always makes me sad that about how X-Pac was so young when his oh, yeah. career dwindled that it's like, imagine, like, why was he not repackaged in, like, 2005? Because that he was still in his lower, like, he wasn't even 35 yet. No, he wasn't. You know what he I mean? Young. Like, he had years left. He was it, wasting away in TNA. Right. Six Pac. Sometimes. But that wasn't even like frequent. That was only in the early days of TNA. Yeah, he wasn't always there. Yeah. So it's just kind of a a weird I know he had drug problems, but was it as was it bad enough that he couldn't do anything? Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and he went on, he was in and out of TNA, he did Wrestling Society X, but we're not gonna focus on that. I know that was an attempt he was he was a big driving force behind that. Wrestling Society X. Yeah, he was he was. he, he, He was um and maybe that's where he put his efforts. Maybe he thought I can get in, in the wrestling. Maybe I right. can more behind the scenes as I like fade off here or right, something. Sure, and sure. I, and I, it just never worked out. Right. No, it's fair, yeah. Quinn. He, uh, by all accounts, great guy, cleaned up everything, doing really well, does a podcast. Yep. But let's talk about him real quick here. This is a case where I don't think, and we talked about Arn last week. Iron. We yeah. talked about Iron and how, you know, Iron had to coexist with people like Ric Flair. But Iron had all the tools. I don't think X-Pac would have ever been a world champion, do you? No, I think he would have, you know, got more mat- more matches for the world title as he got older. Right. I do think there was room for, at the end of his career, um, you know, as being a veteran of the World Federation as long as he was, like, yep. going in, like, especially going into, like, the w- the early WWE era, 
you could have brought him in when he was still, you know, in his late thirties, and mm-hmm. you know, still, you know, by all intents and purposes, he could perform. Yeah, he would have been a great act to put in there and said, like, I've been around here since you know the early nineties. Sure. Like, I'm a veteran. Yeah, you know? which he like, was. Yeah, like you could have had great runs with him, maybe against Chris Jericho or something like Daniel that. Brian. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Well, maybe, maybe not, not that, that late. Not that late. No, but Chris Jericho was good. That's yeah, a good point. Like Chris yeah. Jericho in the in the late two thousands, sure. early two aughts, I guess. Yeah, the early <laughs> the aughts. I think he's even a guy that you could have thrown against the Undertaker every now and then, like sure. during that time. You well, know? It's, yeah, absolutely. I think that it, he was a good talker. I don't think he's a great time. Good talker. Yeah, great wrestler though. I think that's really something that's overlooked about him. Is really good in the ring, especially as a face. I think yeah, X Pac heat in general destroyed people Perception. recognizing him as a wrestler, which yeah. it, which is sad. It was like well, a year that honestly, he was just useless. He just but. needed to be repackaged. Like he needed to drop the X Pac name. I don't know what they just call him Sean Waltman. Bro. <laughs> yeah, like, just anything. Know, yeah, like it just he needed to like get away from that because that's what people associated with him as being annoying. And that was really just his character too. Yes. Like it's not like I, I don't think the guy intentionally like set out to like be so annoying that nobody wanted to watch him anymore. wants he, to do that? Yeah. He just, yeah, he, I think the thing is, he was just stale and that's why people just got tired of him, but that does, I think, unfortunately, sometimes overshadow just how good he was from 93 through WCW and through about, like, 99-2000. That whole run yeah. when he's healthy, that's really that, good. That's a long run, too. Of, of solid wrestling and just right. good. And it's just, he hit that wall. Like, he just yeah. hit that wall in the early 2000s, and, I mean, again, I know there was some drugs involved. Yes, there was, yes. But I seem to remember him recovering from that much earlier than most people. I don't like, know. I you know, Mid-2000s or something like that? I, I don't know. Yeah, Glenn. like, that's what I mean. It's like, maybe I got my timing wrong, maybe some of the guys on the board yeah, will correct you me, know. but I, I seem to remember him still being not old by the time he recovered from his his drug days like yeah i think you're right i yeah. just i know he wrestled on the indies you know on and off probably to this day close to to this day honestly right. you know he was in shikara i think he <laughs> i think he's a very on and off guy i know he's sometimes i, I hear yeah. i hear every now through the grapevine every always oh, at some indie show yeah. for the weekend or something right yeah, exactly. yeah you know what i mean like yeah, teaming with tatanka or something like that you yeah, know or I mean? just like know. he's at you know one of even ring of honor I, I, sure. I know i think he performed there every now and then he might have i know he did shikara yeah uh, but overall, Sean Waltman, a great guy for this. Uh, thank you, Billy Dybul, for the pick, because this is someone that really, if you look at his career, maybe he didn't have like the match on pay-per-view or something, but a solid wrestler, yeah, good characters throughout, just a good worker, and someone that I'm happy to salute here on the mid-card. Any final thoughts, Quinn? No, that's it. I, I, just, I always really enjoyed X-Pac until the end. Like, yeah, honestly, same. that's the most I can say about him. I, I think... It's kind of like how we talk about WCW in a weird way. Like, WCW was pretty enjoyable until the last two years. Yeah, right. You know what right. I mean? It's, it's like, this, it's X-Pac. And that's the same description. The same two years also, yeah. 99 to 01. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, folks, when we come back, we are taking two more themes of which X-Pac has a very bad one. And we're going to pull them out of the tank, and we're going to see where they rank. That's right, it's the worst themes. It is the royal flush of themes in wrestling. And that is coming up right after this. You know, it's good to be back on television uh, talking to everyone. Notice I still got my Lucky Raw t-shirt on. You know, I was sitting back watching WWF with my grandma and grandpa, and uh, 
I look on the television, there's Mr. Ramon, he's offering me $5,000. I can't believe it, he's offering me $5,000 to get back in the ring with him. You know, before it was $2,500, now it's $5,000. And it's, it's, it's a really hard decision to make. But I don't think, I, I just don't think I can accept the $5,000 knowing what could happen to me and knowing the consequences. I just can't accept it. Oh, you are such a wuss. And now, back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here for episode number 156. It is Monday, December the 2nd, 2019. Hey, Michael Quinn. Hey. Hey, how you doing over there? I'm good. Good. Uh, did you know we have a Patreon? We do, don't we? Yeah, we mentioned it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing that um, is good. You can <laughs> Yes, it is. Patreon, it's good. Yeah. Uh, we hope you like ours. If you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast, there's some extra content there. And we do this to give back to you guys, people that want to support the show in any way. You can donate a couple of bucks and you get some great stuff uh, in return for that. We hope you think it's great anyway. Uh, we have three tiers, Quinn, and they're really cheap. They're delicious, too. They taste so good. They taste so good. $2, $3, and $5. That's it. We don't go any higher than $5. Nope. This isn't a big, expensive endeavor, no, really. No, no, no. Um, here's what you get. For $2, every single week, you get the making of every single Monday episode, including the one that you're listening to right now. You get to see things that happen before we go on the air, in the breaks, things that might hit the cutting room floor. The mistakes. The mistakes, if there are any. But not only that, you also get a back archive of about a dozen or so Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras. Oh, yeah. You get a lot of content on this introductory tier, Yes, huh? you do. Yeah, the introductory tier. And you also get about a dozen or so of the OVP commentaries, where we actually do a commentary on a specific match. Right. So, a lot of people like those. Yeah. And maybe one day we got to return to maybe it. Maybe one know. day we will. Yeah, yeah you, never, you never know what the future may hold, right? That's right. You never do. But if you hold $2 and you want to give it to us, you'll get all that. Now, if you upgrade to $3, you're going to get everything we just mentioned. But every other Friday, what comes out is the OVP Live reviews. And we're doing 1983. We did all of 82 already. And you, you can, get all of that. Yeah, and you get all of that. And some free ones when we release yeah. a new old one every other Friday as well. Yeah, kind of the line up with the other shows. So yep. If you want to check out what's, what happened in 1982, not much at this point. <laughs> but if you want to check out um, that, you can. Yeah. And then you're, you're all caught up. And yep. then, you can, then you can go back in the back archives of you know the three dollar tier yep. and then you can just watch it all in order if you want yep and that's on our youtube the free ones on our youtube channel and on patreon you're gonna get all the new ones we're in february of 83 right now and basically what it is is you're gonna watch it along with quinn and i you see the video on the screen and quinn and i on the screen and we basically watch it along with you guys and give our comments and our thoughts and our asides and things like that and talk about anything anything pretty much. Some, sometimes there's there's nothing some, going some, on sometimes there's nothing happening <laughs> and that's then, the fun really that's the fun of it you're it? watching along with your friends exactly you know? and it only costs you three dollars a month and then to max it out at five you're gonna get everything that we mentioned and that's only five dollars a month folks it's not five dollars a week or anything like no, that we're no. a month a whole month and you get all of this content the previously announced tiers and, and the pay-per-view reviews which is every single month we're doing a pay-per-view review in order we started with the first wrestlemania and we are currently like i said survivor series 88 will be coming out this month next month will be rumble 89 and it's a full, like, we're talking two and a half, sometimes three or more yeah, hours. longer than the main show. Yeah, longer <laughs> than this show. And it's in-depth. We go through everything in detail the same way we do on our reviews on, on our show. We do one a month, like I said. So that's $5 a month. You get everything that we 
just mentioned there. And that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you want to donate, you know, we'd appreciate it. We understand that some people either don't have the money to spare or simply don't want to. And that's fine, too. We're just happy you're listening to us here. Uh, another thing that makes me happy, Quinn, is that we're going through the worst entrance themes in wrestling. Oh, boy. That's the Royal Flush. It is uh, flushy. All right. Yeah, it is poopy. Uh, what is the Royal Rankings in the Royal Flush? Well, before every season starts, we ask you, the fans, to vote on your top 10 and bottom 10 of something. And in this case... It was entrance themes. We all love a good entrance theme. Oh, yeah. We all hate a bad one. I hate them a lot. (laughs) And we tally up all of those votes, you know, the top 10 and the bottom 10, and we put them into two separate tanks. There's one for the best, which is the Royal Rankings. There's one for the worst, which is the Royal Flush. And we alternate each week until by the end of the season, we come up with the official OVP certified, notarized, organic, ordained, scientifically proven non-GMO. A lot of titles. Healthy. Uh, That's the most healthy list. (laughs) Uh, Best and worst. And Quinn, let's run down right now before we start. Okay. The four worst that are on the board right now before we add two more. At number one, the X Factor theme. Right, Uncle the, Cracker. The, the worst theme of all time right this second. Yes, least. as of now. It, it stinks. <laughs> it, it it's does. awful. It's terrible. I don't recommend you listen to it's it. It's horrendous. Yeah. It's just, it's bad too. Putrid. Yeah. <laughs> number two, Diesel Truckhorn Edition. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they should have just added the Roseanne immediately. They shouldn't have even bothered with any of this number three your favorite quinn demolitions heel theme from 1991 oh it's stunning that it didn't make it to one yeah i know it's somehow hanging on at number three Mm -hmm. more like demolition flush yeah if you know what i'm saying and number four an ass man you are the ass you are the ass man so that are the four worst on the board right now but we're gonna add two more before we do that we got to go down to howard finkel for the royal flush ladies and gentlemen it is now Of entrance themes. Stinky. It is the worst themes, Quinn. Ah, whoa, Quinn, we with the toilets oh, here. Boy. These are the worst, folks. You heard uh, some samplings there in the intro. Oh, man, could we calm down with the toilets? Every, every toilet. Get that under control over there. Jeez. All right. So, plumbing notwithstanding. Hey, plumbing notwithstanding, those are the uh, the four worst that we've run down for you, and it's now going to be time in just a short, short here to add another one. Uh, why don't we? You know what? The time for talking, the time for turkey is technically through. Yeah, Thanksgiving is past. It's time for ham. It's Christmas. <laughs> so, or maybe if you're Italian, the seven fishes, maybe. Yeah, if you I don't will. even know what that is. Nah, it's all right. What, are, what are the seven fishes? There's a lot of them. Okay. There's seven of There's them. Seven. <laughs> I don't know what they are. But let's all find out now which uh, bad theme drew number five. This theme should be outlawed. It, 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 it is heinous. This should be illegal. It's heinously anus. They need to. Oh, they need to condemn the scene. This, this is that is the flush noises. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. This, of course, folks, probably needs no introduction, but it is the right to censors theme from uh, 2000, 2001. Why did they do this? Why did they do this? Well, 
Well, Vince McMahon had a bit of an issue with the uh, the PTC council. Oh, right. This is this is when he got all mad. Yeah, it's when, like a political thing against. Yeah, like, they're like the IRS of their time. Exactly. You know, every ten years, Vince has to get on some trip about something. You know, mm-hmm. because someone's mean to him or something like that. Or they just said, "Could you cool it with that?" Like <laughs> yeah. they're not. They they weren't even like. Were they that mean? Like, no, probably uh, not. They're probably like, "Hey, you know the misogyny that you guys have yeah. and the violence. We don't like that." And he's like, "Well, fuck you." you yeah, know? exactly. I'm going to make a whole faction about <laughs> yeah. it. Like, whatever your thoughts are, I think we can all. This is irritating. Right. And you probably don't want me to keep playing it. But I'm going to. Alright, before people start turning our show off. (laughs) This was, of course, the right to censor the faction of uh, Stephen Richards, because we can't possibly think of anything else for him to do. I'd like you to correct that. It's uh, White Sox Stephen Richards. Excuse me, you're correct. Bull Buchanan, who was still just Bull Buchanan. I couldn't believe he worked there at this point. (laughs) I like, what's wrong with Stinks? Why do you like him? Like, he's so bad. (laughs) No, he's not. He's horrible. Guys, let us know what you think of Bull Buchanan. I think he's perfectly acceptable for what he was. I I don't like him. He's fine. He's just big boss man stooge. He's great. What's your problem with Bull Buchanan? Boss man didn't need a stooge. He was evil enough. Why did he have that guy? Remember he was also with Cena in, like, 02 or something? I don't even remember that. (laughs) It's real. Bull Buchanan is so irrelevant. He was, like, B-squared because he's Bull Uh, Buchanan. Oh, God, that's dumb. Uh, So, Bull Buchanan, (laughs) White Sox, Stephen Richards. Ivory. Ivory, the good father. Yeah, so let's take take this super over thing that, like, no one had any problem with (laughs) at all. Like, literally, literally Godfather was, like, a very, like, loved character. Everyone loved him, yeah. Like, you know, you know what's really funny about the Godfather is a lot of people kind of forget about him. But, like, if you go back to all the shows, even, like, later Godfather, right? right. Dude got the Always biggest over. fucking pops of the night. Like, they, they, they loved him. They like, loved him. It was a good gimmick for its yeah. time, right? And, of course, <laughs> hey, uh, of course, Val Venus, because, again, we don't know what to do with him. So, I guess now, what, what... Now, didn't he have a different name? Uh, no, he was still Ronin Val Tynan. What, no. was his, what was his name in, in, when they changed his name? Chief Ron, Ronin? That is, of course, the Irish tenor that used to sing uh, God Bless America at Yankee Stadium before an unfortunate anti-Semitic incident was uh, (laughs) called the PTC. (laughs) But I do think that Vince was being deliberate in taking perhaps two of their most risque characters, that in the porn star and that in the uh, pimp. To be fair, Val Venus needed to go. I wasn't ready for the the Godfather to go. (laughs) Yeah, I get you. Uh, And they had this horrible stable that had horrible times and horrible matches and horrible entrance music. As uh, we've heard. So that said, right? We're enough of that. Yeah. Why is this bad? This theme is just, <laughs> just listen to it. It's just a bunch of noises. <laughs> now, is it intentionally aggravating? Of course it is. Okay. But I mean, like, here's the thing. That doesn't make this it good. shit went on for like a year. Just about. Like it was so, uh, it was so long, right? right? And you know what? The you know what's even dumber about it is what? that it kind of was more buoyed by the fact that it was buoyed (laughs) buoyed yes it was buoyed by the fact that it was basically a glorified china feud wait what is that part of it this is the part that we never hear where there's a little bit of a beat under like actual music this is horrendous people are turning off the show in droves yeah hello if you're still listening out there we appreciate you being with us right but anyway this is like a basically glorified china feud like because that's that's really either over time now i find this very interesting about the rtc is that it became that Ivory was the leader? 
which I thought was like kind of a cool move, actually, because they didn't do they've never done something like that where like a woman led a entire faction. I guess you're right. Didn't like Stephen Richards kind of step aside during yeah, the Ivory it China started feud? with Stephen Richards. But once they converted Ivory, she kind of took over the fucking yeah. thing. And like this is where, like, honestly, I appreciate Ivory like a lot. I think she's like a very underrated talent. Absolutely. Uh, very Agreed underrated. with yeah. you. I agree. 100%. She was a team player all the way. Did anything they asked I her mean, to do. I mean, she hosted WrestleMania all day that time when they God. asked her to do it. I've been sitting with Michael Cole for 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. she, but on top of that, it's like she she played a face. She played a heel. She was spunky. She, she was be, pretty good in the ring. She, yeah, she was. Yeah, and like, I'm always like thankful that like as annoying as this was, at least they gave Ivory like an a important platform, thing to do. A WrestleMania feud. And it was like a year long build to face China, basically. Yeah, unfortunately. And um But China I, was a big deal at that point. She it wasn't was. like it was like a shit feud. No, or she was. Yeah. Yeah, out of the ashes of this at least there's some good to talk about. I just think obviously the right to censor had a limited shelf life. It was never intended, I wouldn't think, to have a long shelf life. I mean just, the whole that the WrestleMania where they all lost, yeah. that was literally the end of them. Like they, they lost seven, yep. every single fucking thing they were yeah, involved in. And like, it was just like, yep, there's no point of there's this. No point. <laughs> like, and they just didn't really exist after no, that. Ivory went back to being normal. Eventually, the Godfather was normal again. Right, yeah. This kind of things went back to normal. Stevie Richards did whatever the hell Bobby he did. Bobby didn't work there anymore, thank God. He is good. <laughs> no. No good. I don't... Be squared after He's that, nice. and that was it. For him. Barry Buchanan. I don't like. Wasn't him. he recon or sniper or one of them? Probably. The, he yeah, was. He, yeah, I, <laughs> he was one of God, them too. He's involved in like the worst shit, like every time. <laughs> the Truth Commission. <laughs> Truth Commission and the RTC. What a fucking resume. You know, I got the Commandana job there because <laughs> I was in that show with them. It was Sinbad. Now, did he get um Cyrus the job? You know, I thought Don Callis was a really good worker. He could have been a really good wrestler if they let him wrestle. Uh, anyway, this theme is obviously, like we were saying, intentionally bad, intentionally irritating. But uh, they hit the mark. That's the thing, if that's though. The th- if that's what you want to say. It's going to be interesting to see where that ranks because, you know, as you like to say, it did what it was supposed to do. But also, it's like, <laughs> it it's almost like it literally they sought out to construct what can be the worst <laughs> theme we could ever make. Yeah, it sounds like Mr. Hooper's general store is getting robbed. <laughs> it's God, what the hell? Harp, Mr. Hooper, don't bring him up. <laughs> He's a nice man. Don't make fun of him. Don't I, you ever <laughs> make fun I'm, of I, Mr. Hooper. I don't, I don't have a problem with Mr. Hooper. Better not. I just, I don't see the point of talking getting robbed Mr. Hooper by Barry Buchanan stop it serious <laughs> alright gosh alright yeah, g- gosh darn it <laughs> oh, gosh darn it PTC just censored us <laughs> I've got nothing more to say about this bull yeah why, why don't we find out <laughs> which song uh, drew number six Song. Quinn's favorite wrestler was voted in his theme as one of the worst ones. <laughs> to me, you guys, you're just fucking with me. You want me, I don't think you so. want me to like defend this, which to be fair, like I can't defend it too much. But again, it's a theme. I know, I know. I'm just playing it for yeah, people, that's all. Anyway, it's a theme that honestly, when it first came out, 
it was supposed to be Sherry singing it annoyingly. And yes. that was like the point of it. Right, right, right. It's just, I always thought it was funny that he never got rid of it ever. Even like when he came back in the 2000s, just never went away. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good talking point, actually. Yeah. So obviously that's Sexy Boy. That's by, uh, that's Shawn Michaels. Jimmy Hart wrote that, actually. Baby, baby, baby. We'll never escape the baby. <laughs> I know. And this was not. Shawn Michaels' first heel theme. Now, of obviously, <laughs> he was in the Rockers, as we know, and he, uh, Janetti tried to escape through that window. He, th- he ran away. He's like, fuck the Rockers. Yep. I don't want to be in that and anymore. He dove through that window. Mm-hmm. And Michaels is like, well, fuck you then. You know, yeah. if you're going to run away from me and dive through windows, I'm going to go I'm, get, uh, I'm good get music. A, George Gershwin song. Yeah. So for a brief period of time in early 92, like he, a month. Yeah. It's like literally, literally a month at like house shows. Yep. He used the, this song here, Rhapsody in Blue. Which like the dumpy like very version of it too. Yeah, I know. Very it's like odd. faster too than the real song. Is it? Oh yeah, because I I always like this song in general because it's on New York a documentary film, which is a great film. You should watch it. Now is that Ken Burns or Rick Burns? No, that's the Rick Burns. <laughs> like that's when I that's when I, my my like the other appreciation Burns. for Rick Burns was like at its all time peak during that series. The underrated Burns. He's very good. We all know Ken, but yeah. you know Rick Burns. Yeah, this music is very Rick Burns. It's very Rick Burns. Now he used this. Uh, yeah, like you said. House shows. I think he fought Jimmy Schnooker in '92 at MSG and mm-hmm. used this, but it's it's even dubbed over on the network version with "Sexy Boy." That's really funny. They, they've eliminated they, they've this from canon. Yes, that this existed because <laughs> it was a weird choice. It is because like, what does this have to? He's like. <laughs> The wrestler of the nineties and a <laughs> sexy out to a boy and like, song or whatever. Yeah, this like, is. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Who, like, what were they thinking? I don't know. And then, of course, for uh, all of nineteen ninety two, after that, and into ninety three, until he changed it to him singing, was this version, the sensational Sherry version, where she kind of has a climax at the beginning of the yeah. song. <laughs> now, I don't mind this. I think this song is funny and like entertaining. Yeah, and I don't know, like. Sean's music, you know, people don't like it because it is really goofy and singing. It's I'm a sexy silly, boy. yeah. But I think the song, musicality-wise, is actually like good. It's good. It's catchy. Yeah, it's very catchy. It's a good chorus. And I think we didn't even get to the part like I really like the like guitar part. Yeah. The, when when he's like after a victory, this is one of those songs that like how I you know how with the Macho Man I was talking about. Yeah. Like when he wins and mm-hmm. it's like. Like him, like celebrating it. That is like actually really good. Yeah. This. It's like he worked for it. Yeah. It's like yeah. Now him singing it. Yeah. Which stop? Which started up uh, somewhere between Royal Rumble '93 and WrestleMania Nine. Which was necessary if you don't have Sherry managing you and you're feuding with her. Right. And you want to keep the same song. You just have the guy sing it. Right. It makes sense. Which actually, that's such a heel move. On top of it, is like he replaced (laughs) Sherry in the song. Also, (laughs) yeah. Like what an asshole. Now, if Luna would have stayed as his manager beyond that Mm. little WrestleMania, imagine her singing. I think he's cute. (laughs) I know he's sexy. (laughs) He's got the looks that drive me. Wild. <laughs> Luna's like the Goonies or something. Like, what the fuck? Like, the Goonies. I mean? Yes, I do. Or no, know. she's like that witch from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Do you remember that movie? I do, but I don't know the reference. I'm sorry. There's a there's a witch that's working with the sheriff of Nottingham, and she's like basically Luna. Like, now, I swear. That's the Kevin Costner movie. Yeah, which, I, I like I, Men in Tights. Better. I really liked that movie growing up. I like Men in and Tights now, growing up. As an adult, I learned a lot of people seem to not like that movie, which is weird. I mean, Sean Connery's the king, like, at the very end of the movie. There's so many good things that happen in it. Fryer Tuck's an idiot. Like, oh. <laughs> like 
It's great. <laughs> now, Sexy Boy is a song, Quinn. Yeah. I think I agree with your assessment that the actual the musicality of it, I mean, it's a catchy song. It's got a good beat. It gets the crowd I pumped up. I think this is just like the ass man again. It's the lyrics that bug people. But this isn't nearly as silly. I mean, it's not ranking time yet, but this is not nearly as no, silly as ass no. man. No. And no? I, I do think the character Shawn Michaels kind of made this not silly. It got a, It would always get a huge pop when he came out. To well, be honest, it's because it. it's got the ding, 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 you know, yeah, like we got, always it's say, got the good start, right? Yes, I never minded it. No, it, it didn't bug me, but I also could see how people could look at it and be like, "Why would I take this guy seriously?" Like because he's, he's singing, he's a sexy boy. Exactly. Now, I never liked. I'll be honest with you. I never liked the SNES version because there's no lyrics. Oh. Actually, I didn't mind this, to be honest with you. Are you serious? It was, it was like, I, I didn't think it was great. I just, it didn't, there's like more annoying themes like the diesel one. Oh, from God, like, yeah. yeah. From, like, this one is just whatever. I think it loses something without the lyrics, though, right? But but then you're singing it with it. That's the thing. It's okay. Like, when I win a match with Shawn Michaels, because he's my favorite wrestler, so I'd always pick him, I'd like sing to it or Do whatever. That suplex finisher. Yeah. Oh, God, remember that? Like, yeah. It's like. <laughs> Teardrop suplex, yeah. and they like never removed it. Yeah, like in, like in Raw, like he's not even doing it anymore. It's like true. Before, let's see what the Genesis one sounds oh, like. Because I hate it. They're all bad. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh. a little faster. This is the Royal Rumble for Genesis. Did they have it on like a different MIDI version for like in your house or whatever? Some of those, or like WrestleMania the arcade game? Did he have it? Oh, you know what? WrestleMania the arcade game. Let's find out. Here I don't know. I don't. I don't really remember. Uh, Were there even know. themes in that? No, not really. Oh, the 32X version for uh, okay. Wrestling of the Arcadian. There you go. It's still, still the Genesis shit. chip, so it's... Yeah. Remember 32X? It's oh, amazing the- that they had 32X and it still sucked. Like the music. How did... <laughs> I, the, the topic of 32X is always puzzling to me in general. Like, remember, they, remember, they when they, remember when they were like, let's make... 32x games that you need Sega CD to use, yeah, so it's right. like you need these two pieces of <laughs> shit to like make the game work. Yeah. So this is the Sega CD. It's a load of ass. And I and I still don't even understand how that works. Is it like is it? Do you need the cartridge or do you need the disc or do you just need the cartridge with the disc attachment attached to it? Like I think somehow? it's a disc, right? No, I think it's a. I think it's the cartridge. What? And like they just use the sound chip that's in the fucking CD ROM. Like, they pull from Is it. Is that what it is? Yeah, like, I think that's all it is. No wonder Sega stopped making consoles after the year 1999. It's so weird. God. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Sexy Boy, which, uh, yeah, I'm going to have some things to say about that. I think, do you have anything? I think it's ranking time, right? I yeah, mean, and that's fine. Um, Shawn Michaels' name, it's really not that bad. I don't think so either, but let's uh, run them down real quick here. At number one is X Factor, Uncle Cracker. Two is Diesel Horn Horn, Honk Honk. Yeah, Horn <laughs> Horn, 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 Horn Room. Demolition Flush, <laughs> the heel <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Ding! Yeah, the worst. Thing. Here's Tatsu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and number four is Ass Man. You right. are the Ass Man. Now, this Ass Man, it's been occupying the rear um, <laughs> almost like it's like it owns the place or something. Yeah, it's but, almost like it should be at the bottom. I have a feeling that um, right not, to, it's not looking good for Ass Man at the bottom. No, it may not be. But first, we do the right to censor here. Is it worse than the Ass Man? Right to censor? Yeah. Oh, much worse than the Ass Man. No, why? <laughs> Dare I ask why? It's not music. Like, and even, remember, they try later in the song, like, I can't even believe somebody made an attempt to make it music, like, at the very end. It's like, but like well, by the time, like, the music's probably shut off because it's so annoying. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. Well, you put that at the beginning because no one's going to listen to the preamble of Right to Censor. Right. Now, Ass Man, we've talked about it uh, a lot, actually. It's goofy. Mm-hmm. It's silly. It's about butts. You know what I mean? It, 
but musically, but yeah, but music. I like to smell my own butt. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my own butt. <laughs> Musically, it's catchy. It's got a nice, like, pop metal vibe to it, like, 80s kind of. Yeah, the Tommy Lee Roth. What one am I thinking? <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. Let's just go with Tommy, Tommy Lee, Roth. Lee, Brett, Tommy Lee Roth, Michaels. Right. There you uh, go. It's got all those people. It's got involved. all those people. Van Roth. <laughs> 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 Van Ross. Van, Van Ross. Good music there. Van Ross. Yeah, it was good, cool music. <laughs> Very cool, Conrad. What if JR was like a 80s uh, metal singer? <laughs> girls, girls, girls. <laughs> out. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'd say Right to Censor is much worse than The Ass Man. Right. Now, your nemesis of themes is the Demolition Heel theme. I, I can't even say, as much as I hate that song, RTC is hideous. Like, Why is that? It's Wh- like, to me, that's actually the definition of like, when we talked about like noises for a wrestler's music. And how bad that can be. My first thought wasn't Diesel. It was, it's oh, always yeah. RTC. Like, yeah. always, it's the first one that comes to mind. Well, because in the, in the library of noise-based themes, you got Diesel's Horns. Isaac Yankum. Dentist Drill, right? Yeah. You've got a Henry Godwin Pig Noise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the weird laughing, like disturbing. <laughs> You've got the flush, obviously, which right. is the uh, the namesake of the segment, right? Right, TL. The TL Hopper. I'd say the right to censors is by far the most annoying. So I think we can hop it not only over Demolition Heel, I think it's worse than Diesel. Yeah, I do. It's got to be. Like, okay. Because to me, it's like it's the number one example of a piece of shit noise Noise theme. based theme, yeah. yeah. Now, X Factor, we were very harsh on it because it's a terrible song from a terrible team. Got everything I ever wanted. It's horrible. But, right to censor, Quinn, I mean. Yeah. Who the fuck wants to listen to that? With all due respect, (laughs) RTC is worse than X Factor. I think it has to be. I wish there was more to say. It's just, like, so annoying. Like, you don't. You know how you know RTC's bad? You don't have to fucking explain it. Like, yeah. you play it for, like, a second, and I was like, I never want to hear that for the rest right, of my life. Right. And I'm like, not going to even play it anymore today, right, because yeah. I don't want to do it's that like to anyone. people want to shut the show off. Yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'd have to say, it, it definitely claims the top spot. There's yeah. no way around it. I mean, maybe <laughs> something can... I mean, dentist drills are we pretty haven't annoying. Had that, yeah, yeah, yeah. We still have a few more that'll come in later in the season, but I'm fine with putting it at number one. Okay. We got to talk about Sexy Boy now. Sexy boy. Um, it's the precursor to the ass man. It's the same. It's actually like, yeah, it's the, <laughs> they're, they're very um, equal. Well, because in both lyrics, they explain why they are what they are. They, right. He's an ass man. I like he's to, a sexy boy. Right. I like to pluck them. I like to fuck them, whatever it yeah, is. In a weird way, ass I man. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. The, the ass man in general was trying to be the new HBK at the time. It's and true. Yeah, because it's, the, it's very apropos that they're they're battling each other here. The verse sets up the premise in both songs, you know. I like to lick them, I like to stick them, whatever. I think I'm cute, I know I'm sexy. At right? least Sean's not as... Uh, he's not as aggressive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more subtle. It's more about himself. He's trying to convince you uh, that he's sexy, at least reasonably. He's not trying to annoy you. No, but Billy Gunn wants to annoy you about the fact that he but likes butts. He wants to obnoxiously proclaim to the world that he is an ass man. Right. What Sean wants you to know is that he is a sexy boy, but mm-hmm. but 
He's not your boy toy. Right. Exactly. Like, don't, you know, it's not the same thing. You know what's surprising that hasn't come up here? Like, what about like American males? Like, that's like the, that's the, all the same kind of like <laughs> branch of type yeah, right, of music. Right. Like, <laughs> They're American males. Yeah, American males, American males. Like, that's all the music says. <laughs> American males. So he's not your sexy boy, though. Just remember, I mean, he, he is a sexy boy. He's not your boy toy. Right. Despite what like Brett always called him in like 96. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Boy toy, <laughs> the boy toy. Yeah, like always, like, no one why, called him that. Yeah, like literally, Bret Hart is the only one that, that like stuck to him. Like he was just like, how dare he say this? And it's, like, it's not good for kids. You know what I'm saying? You know my European fans, they don't like it. It's like I think Alfred called him the toy boy once or something. I need to find the toy boy. There he is, the toy boy. Yeah. you know, like that era in like '92 right, when exactly. no one knew yet. People didn't understand. I'm surprised they didn't. I can't even believe they didn't do this, but I'm surprised they didn't give him like an Elvis style thing because like how Shawn Michaels has left the building thing. Stop. No. Could please. you imagine if they oh, went God, that route? That'd yeah. be horrible. Yeah. Uh, He's like the honky tonk man <laughs> or something. I don't think sexy boy is half bad. I don't either. I again, I really think the lyrics are what pisses people off for such like a wrestler that's like at the top of the card. Well, the world champion in 96 right. and 7. And, Do you well, think there's a lot of, there's a contingency of people that wish once he became like a top guy that he changed his music and that always stuck with people? I mean, when he, he did only when he was in DX. It's the only time. Yeah. I mean, that really, it's so funny. I know that was the factions theme, but that's what another another stupid thing that Triple H tries to repurpose as his own thing. <laughs> when like, literally like, that faction existed for Shawn Michaels. Sure. And like, so the DX theme was essentially his theme. Yeah. I mean, like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Another, it's another Triple H stealing some shit thing. That is what he used for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, it's, he used that in, a lot in 97, 98. He said, we are degeneration. Like, he's the guy, like, you think we're degenerates? Yeah. We'll call us degeneration. Yeah. Degenerate. Remember, he, like, just thought of it or yeah, something, like, as he was, like, talking. Bandied on his head or whatever yeah. during that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, anyway. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I don't think it's... I just think it... Yeah, it was goofy when he came back in 02, and then he was still using it, you know, with 44 years old when so, he's wrestling. There's one reason why I always was like, I'm fine with this. is because I felt like it was a nostalgia thing. Like, I felt like Sean just being back, it's like you wanted him to have it because you're like, I like the old Sean... I want yeah, the old Sean Michaels back. It's not Sean Michaels without the sexy boy theme and the, the chaps and the... Oh, dumb shit he wears. It's like, like how when Hogan first turned face in O2, yeah. people were like, where the fuck is real American? And where's the red and yellow? Yeah, and where's like, the red and yellow? Yeah, exactly. Like, like if you're going to ride a nostalgia wave, right. you want it all the way. But the thing is, Sean wasn't supposed to be a nostalgia character. Yeah, but at the same time, it was like people were just so happy to have him back right. that they were like, well, don't change the theme. Just we want, we want it just Shawn Michaels, the way we remember him, right? Fair. Like, yeah, you know I, mean? I agree, I agree. So I, I think that's kind of why they just never kind of touched the theme. Yeah, I think you're it right. It was just established. I think it is. It wouldn't appear on my list of ten best, obviously. Yeah, I don't think so either. It was never like a blow you away theme. No, it, it no. was always like kind of like you just associated it with Shawn Michaels, and you yeah. were and you didn't really bitch about it either. No, like, I never, never had a in my with life it. did I ever like. Even though I'm a fan, but never in my life was I ever like, man, Shawn Michaels should really change his theme as much as I like him. Yeah, you right. Know what I mean, same here. I never really thought that. I laughed about it when he was in his 40s and he was using it, but at the same time, I didn't want him to change it. You like If he changed it after all the bitching where people were like, he's too old for this theme, if they changed it, there would be way more bitching. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I would yeah. be like, oh, that's so stupid. It's like, yeah. it's always been his theme. Why not just 
do it till he retires. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like Hogan changing real American or Austin changing the, the glass breaking theme, even though he's had variants of it. Right. You know, it'd be like changing that for no reason. Exactly. I agree. So are we just going to keep it at the bottom here? Yeah, I think so. So the ass man's moving up. Wow. Yeah. Getting worse there. <sighs> I feel like it belonged always at the bottom. So we could ass. make the rear joke. Yeah. But, but I know I think sexy boy is a better theme. Yep. An ass man. Ass. Ass man's a little more embarrassing. Yeah, it is. It's a little stupid. It didn't last as long either because no. it was really dumb. <laughs> Remember when he was the one and he, no. they, they got rid of the ass man? <laughs> what is, we need to hear. Hang on, because I just want to hear the one. I'll be up front. Yeah, that didn't make the flush. <laughs> <laughs> and the I, one Billy Gunn thing. I, I want to hear it because we're not going to have a, a, Ever a, time. a chance to, yeah. <laughs> it's like the same thing though like it's it, very similar I think yeah. it's probably the same guy singing yeah. <laughs> this is like the who it's like Bob O'Reilly little, like a little bonus for you guys you get to hear the one yeah here it is it's definitely the same it's, guy it's singing the same ass man let's make a plan <laughs> yeah it's Tommy it's Roth the, or whatever it's the ass man Tommy Lee Roth yeah it's not it's what why does he have this wait there it, the hopeful part oh yeah the, very sitcom yeah. Yeah. yeah seriously like you can like I can see like the credits for a show running like right now didn't someone do that yeah I think wasn't there a meme on the internet where yes. that this song was like behind all, it goes with everything it right? goes with everything yeah cause it gets very hopeful yeah uh, anyway <laughs> I always like when there's a point in a song where you could say it's very hopeful it's hopeful that part it's like you should see Balky or like it's Larry like, reading like a I'm, newspaper I'm waiting for them to like pull away from a car going across a bridge right. <laughs> Carl's walking down the stairs yeah. Joey's like on the pier taking his glasses off right exactly Aunt <laughs> Becky is like smelling the flowers oh, smelling the flowers Urkel's yeah. walking in like all stupid yeah. and he's fixing the hood of his car mm-hmm. yeah. and what is that thing on his what like what is that thing he's got lights on his car but it's like a, a tree of my house it's like in the way of his view of the driving so it always like bugged me I'm like I don't know. it's like Carl's worried enough about this fucking kid now he's got to have this shit on his car like that he could get in an accident because it doesn't matter because remember he became a cop anyway yeah he knew yeah. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He did become a cop. It's very true. And remember that whole incident, that episode where like like Eddie got in his first shootout or something and like they were all worried about him. Yeah, in the midst of like Urkel turning into a sci-fi show, there were still these sometimes like serious subplots. Yeah, there it's was weird. Like, Eddie gets in his first serious incident as a cop episode, remember? <laughs> like yes, that was like I a do. whole thing. I know what you're talking about. It was about. like very like touch and go. I was very worried for <laughs> Edward. Like the, during that episode. <laughs> Everything turned out okay. Yeah. All right, so we have finalized our reggies here. Uh, we have six on the board now. So why don't we run them down to close out the segment here? Oh, yeah, that's right. At number one, the new number one, the right to censor. Ugh. Number two, Uncle Cracker's own X Factor theme. Number three, Hong Kong Room Room. It is <laughs> Diesel Horns. Number three, Quinn's favorite, Demolition, or number four, excuse me, Demolition Flush. Right. The heel Demolition theme. Flush. Number five, The Ass Man. Uh, you are The Ass Man. The new bottom here, mm-hmm. pulling up the rear, is The Sexy Boy theme. Shawn the Michaels. Sexy boy. The Sexy Boy. Those folks are the six worst themes in wrestling history. We want to hear yours. Let us know on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or let us know in the group. But Quinn, when we come back, we needed a palate cleanser because our mm-hmm. review last week was so horrendous. That was shit. That we needed to get some comfort food yeah. in. So when we come back, it is the NWA. It is worldwide. And that is coming up right after this. Yeah. 
now a lot of people know that Jimmy Hart did a lot of the wrestling theme songs, but they seem to be okay with that. I think it would insult their intelligence back then if they knew that uh, Bret Hart, I did the, uh, the Hart Foundation theme song, and all of a sudden we're fighting uh, uh, Shawn Michaels, you know. So we kept everything kind of behind closed doors back then. It's a lot more open now, and uh, people know who wrote what, who did what. He thinks he's cute, he thinks he's sexy, he's got the looks that drive the girls wild, he's got the move that really moves them, he sends chills up and down their spines, he's just a sexy boy, sexy boy, he's not their boy toy, boy toy, he's just a sexy boy, sexy boy, he's not your boy toy, boy toy. That's not necessary. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 156. And Quinn, before we take a trip down to the NWA Worldwide set, I guess, studio, room, room, <laughs> nook, yeah. uh, we want to shout out a few podcasts that uh, that do kind of the same thing we do. They're scrapping along the independent podcasting circuit. They are not affiliated with the Conrad Thompson Empire. Well, that's good. They're not, good for them. <laughs> not affiliated with the WWE Podcast Empire. Yeah, what is... <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Let's not get started on that. But these are uh, some friends of the show that do a great job at what they do. We're going to shout out three of them for you. We're going to start with the wrestling podcast about nothing, which is about wrestling. And Allegedly, it's- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the wrestling business. One of them is a retired referee. He does not referee anymore, but he acts like he may at any time. It's kind of like the money in the bank of refing. Like, it's right. like he could just like cash that shit in. Right, at any time. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Mean Mike Crockett. He is the meanest of the mics. Biggest of the daddies. And the most retired of the referees. And he hosts that show with a current wrestler in the current Ring of Honor. His name is the brawler, Brian Malonis. Who? <laughs> you mean the Wine City Whaler? Yes, the Wine City Whaler. Yeah. One half of the bouncers. His partner, of course. The Beer City Bruiser. Uh, and anyway, what these guys do is they take their knowledge as people that have worked in the business, but they also take their fandom. You know, they grew up in the Hulkamania era, and they combine that into a very interesting show. So you're going to get some insight and analysis from a worker's perspective, but also as fans. Really cool show. Check it out. It is a wrestling podcast about nothing. Now, also, if you like your podcast hosted by one man, that's it. Like one person. Don't have to worry about other hosts, no, obviously. Just the one. One man. Oh, it keeps your focus. Yep, that's right. One man, one microphone. It is the critically acclaimed, the award-winning, <laughs> potty award-winning. Potties were really clamoring for this one this year. <laughs> Greetings from Allentown. That's right. GF Allentown. It's hosted by our little baby brother, Petey Winston. He's so little. <laughs> He's so Petey. He's so Petey. And he takes a look at an old wrestling show. Uh, it'll be sometimes WWF, sometimes WCW. Could be anything. Pay-per-view, perhaps. He's uh, making a foray into recently. Oh, is yes, that true? Wow. Rumble 92 recently. Wow. And what he'll do is he'll take that show... Mm-hmm. And he will review the entire thing start to finish. But in the midst of that, there's all uh, all sorts of asides and anecdotes and just general musings from the mind of one Peter Winson. Like that time he fed a cat. Right. Medicine. Medicine, yeah. Medicine cat. Sometimes beer, uh, trips that he's gone on, you know. Uh, Maybe he knows a thing about the Beer City Bruiser. He may. Uh, so, But it's an interesting show, and it's a good way to look at retro wrestling. It's good for your ears. It's good for your health, as Dr. Steve Brule would say. Right, yes. For your health. 
check out Greetings from Allentown. And then also check out, if you like your retro wrestling, slathered in barbecue sauce. Check out Book in the Territory with Mike Mills. That is our Southern Fried brother. And they go south of the Mason-Dixon line. Kind of be- like us today. Yeah, we are going down to their territory, actually, because these guys cover the NWA, and they cover the Smoky Mountain territory. Smokiest mountain. So smoky. They're not smoky or something. No, they used to be like might have thousands of years ago or millions. something. Millions. Yeah, millions. <laughs> I don't know. It is the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. They keep it real classy. It's Mike Mills and Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show, check them out, give them some love. It is the wrestling podcast about nothing, greetings from Allentown, and book in the territory. Also want to take this quick moment here to mention, folks, if you use Apple Podcasts, iTunes, you can leave us a review. We'd appreciate that. Oh yeah, it really does help. It does help. And if you want an OVP t-shirt, we have some new ones uh, out, courtesy of uh, Mike Crockett. Thank you very much for the designs, Uh Mike. Yeah, thank you. You can go to teespring.com slash OVP podcast. That is teespring.com slash OVP podcast and get your hands on some OVP merch. If you want to, uh, but Quinn, like we mentioned last week, we did this horrendous show, uh, the North American Wrestling Association, or I whatever. Never want to see that that Nawa. In, I didn't even want to see the other yeah, Nawa, the Southern Nawa. Yeah, this was Northern Nawa. Oh boy! So we needed something that we knew would be reliable and dependent, like a good friend, something that you could just sit back and enjoy, right? And we settled upon the NWA, the Crockett, of course, territory. Uh, Worldwide, which Worldwide, Quinn, we've mentioned this several times. We've actually reviewed the last Worldwide. Which, from- <laughs> which survived WCW. Believe yeah, it or not. Like, it's the right. only show <laughs> yeah. that like, somehow... It made it past WCW. It made it past WCW. Right. April 1st, 2001 the was the last one. distinction, <laughs> yeah. But uh, back in the 80s, it was, a, it was a nice little show. It wasn't their main show, but it was a syndicated program where you could still get caught up on the latest goings-on in the world of uh, Jim Crockett yeah, promotions. Yeah, it also kind of takes place in its own different it's not in the studio it's in you know right. some kind of gym somewhere i don't know but like it's it's not in the like teak deck or whatever yeah, the fuck it's, place it, that is it's not <laughs> right it's not in the standard you know studio where saturday night was or yeah world championship wrestling what have you so the nwa obviously in 1986 was doing very well mm-hmm. it was competing with vic mcmahon but not on pay-per-view yet that would come a little bit later not to say that they didn't have their own like big thing Right. They had their big Starcade yeah. show, of course, their Great American Bash tour. Right. So they were a fun little promotion here, and we're just taking a little slice of it, you know, just t- peeling a little, grabbing a little piece of the NWA from this period of time. That's all. No, no focus here. No goal. You know, no particular time frame in mind. We just wanted a nice slice. Yeah, of the NWA. Now we can also say we're uh, experts on past the Mason Dixon line. Yes, of, of course. course, experts. Yeah, you know? <laughs> absolute experts. So look out, um, Mike Mills. We're coming. Yeah, oh we're yeah. Com- we're coming for you. We're coming for you, Mills. So this is the NWA Worldwide Wrestling, January the 25th, 1986. Ah, we're back to the longest running wrestling show ever, or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, yeah. 1972 or something what, like that. 75. Start? I don't know. It started in the 70s, yeah. that's for sure. And this one here starts with a cold open where we get highlights of Ronnie Garvin and his hands of stone, and he's beating various people while David Crockett gets all excited. He's good or something. And also, you mean hands of trash, yeah. right? <laughs> Stinky. This is Ronnie Garvin's gimmick where he would punch people and his fists were so hard or they're, something. They're, they're hard. <laughs> so, it sounds they're naughty. So hard. So, they're so hard. His fists fists. Are so 
hard. Anyway, we get the classic worldwide wrestling intro, Quinn. Uh, super 70s, which I love a bunch of stills of wrestlers, like shitty effects, <laughs> yes, but like good. in the good way. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there's good shitty and there's bad shitty. This is good shitty. This is good shitty. Last week was bad shitty. Right. And some of those wrestlers are Dusty, Magnum, Flair, the big guns of that territory at the time. Very big. Very big. We're joined by David Crockett alongside Tony Mustache Shivani mm-hmm. in front of the red WWW backdrop. Welcome to the very best in professional wrestling, worldwide wrestling. I'm David Crockett. With me is Tony Shivani. WWW. <laughs> I, I always set that logo behind him look dumb. But you know what? Thank God it's Tony and David. Love like, this team. Seriously. Like, I like these two a lot. I know all these people, they have big problems with David Crockett. I he's, like him. He's the fucking best. He's okay? so fun. He's like the perfect example of a fan calling the shots. He's like, into it. Calling the, the, the moves and yeah. everything. Like, I really like him. I don't care what anyone says. No, like, I like I've him too. never had a bad experience with David Crockett. He, yeah. I have no problem with David Crockett. He puts the product over. He's into it. He has a genuine affection for it. And with Shivani, Shivani's really the color guy with he's him. A, he's a pro, though. He's like, a pro, right. Right. And, so they, it's a good, like, give and take. You know what I mean? Like, you got this overexcited fan. Yep. And you got Tony, the straight man. Yeah. It's perfect. It's really good. They don't try to be silly, but they're they're lighthearted enough. They're yeah. serious and they're a good team. And the announcers here talk about Ronnie Garvin and the Sands of Trash and uh, the Midnight's and the Rock and Rolls feud that's also going on. And now Baby Doll wanders in. What? On behalf of the NWA world champion, Dusty Rhodes. And she's here to say that Dusty is, uh, he's down being the uh, the Grand Marshal of the Austin, Texas Bicentennial Parade. So fucking local. Like, of course it's where he is. Yeah. You know what? Like, that, that, to me, that's so NWA. Yeah, right. Like, it's like, let's just talk about some bullshit that has nothing to do with this. Yeah. It's like, Dusty's doing that this week. Fuck this show. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, but it's like, hey, he's a local hero. Yep, you in know Austin. Right? The hometown of Austin. Yeah. Uh, so Baby Doll calls out Iron Anderson and brags about how they broke Oli's leg and they're coming for him next. Honestly, Baby Doll as a face stinks. Like, yeah. that's just my opinion. Like, I don't... Like, I like what she, like, dressed up like the cop and, like, beat the <laughs> yeah, shit yeah. out of somebody with, like, and handcuffed them and stuff. Like, that... She was cool. I like and her then, better like, as a heel. And then, like, they make her this like I can't do anything anymore. <laughs> like I used to do karate and shit. Now, like I don't do a damn thing. Yeah, I like her better as a face yeah, too. She, I mean, they they try to like make her Miss Elizabeth, and it's like it's like she's supposed to be like the femme fatale that's character. Right. Like I don't understand. There's only one person that's really good at standing around uselessly, and that's Miss Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. We go to ringside now. We're Boogie Woogie Man's music hits and Jimmy Valiant makes his entrance. The fans love him and Quinn, I know you do as well. He's so fucking happy. <laughs> his music rules and yep. like the fans like lose their shit and he's just doing the clap and like I, oh my god, like how do you not like this guy? He, yeah, you love him, like, right? He's kind of like the Duggan of NWA. Okay, like you know okay. what I mean? Like it's like he never loses, and he's like super fun, jovial. Yeah, it's like it's like he's just the best. Yeah, he is. I like him. He boogies and woogies all around ringside, slapping everyone's hands, dancing around, and then he gets right in the ring and tosses his opponent right out of the, the ring. Fuck out of here! Right? <laughs> Tommy Young is the ref. Uh, back in, <laughs> and a standard elbow drop gets the win <laughs> like for Boogie. It's like my, that's a squash. Yo, they barely. 
have time to even pay attention to whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah. feud he's in. Yeah, like, they're, like they mention like something about Tully or Iron. I, I don't. I can't even tell you what it is. The best squash. Yeah, ever, he right? just beats the shit out of him so fast they can't even like bring up whatever yeah. he's doing. They can't even talk about anything else. Yeah, and the crowd loves it when they go wild yeah, for this. Yeah, this is the shit you wanted. Like it's like again my favorite kind of squash. It's like no bullshit. Right. It's just like a couple of punches and elbow. It's like fuck you, you're finished. Like it's so good. It's great. <laughs> David Crockett is now with the NWA Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roll Express. Looking a very young, like 38 or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Always old. Even though they're like 23 or <laughs> <Yeah>. something. Like <laughs> uh, Ricky Morton, though, is pissed the ass off about Jim Cornette, but most people are these yeah, he days. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we see clips of the Midnights attacking the Rock and Rolls from behind while Cornette slams them with a tennis racket. And honestly, Quinn, this is a pretty good promo from Morton, really. Yeah, he's basically all like, fuck you, we're going to kick your ass. It's like, like, legit that, mad. like you, you, you kicked me like out of NWA, I was hurt or whatever, and I'm coming. Yeah. I'm going to kill you, Cornette. He's basically. mad. Yeah. But Jimmy Cornette, you remember one thing, brother. You might have got away with it one time, but every dog has got his day, and yours is just right around the corner. Good promo. Robert Gibson uh, said nothing, which is fine with me. He doesn't need to. <laughs> no. He's the backup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're back now. We're Tony Schiavone is with... Dr. Joseph Estwanek. Who, Estwanek. Who is this guy? What? Well, Quinn, he's from the uh, Metrolina Orthopedic and Sports Medicine just what Clinic. I, just what I needed on my wrestling. <laughs> he's apparently Dusty Rhodes' doctor, and he's here to follow up on an attack by the Andersons four months ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Estwanek's uh, big prognosis here. Yeah, he's fine now. Why is this dork even here? Just like, why does this need to be said? Couldn't they have just said that yeah, the doctor they, they, said they he's fine? They could have said Dr. Estwanek informed us yeah. that he's fine. Like, oh. You don't need him to be on screen to All say right. that. He's fine now. He's, he's okay. Doesn't need to boot anymore or whatever. Like, <laughs> Shut oh. the fuck up. Who cares? Honestly, he looks like a character that Dana Carvey would play on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he does look like one of those like side characters yeah. in the sketch. Yes. Like the doctor. Yeah, the doctor. The dorky character. doctor. Yep. Uh, David Crockett is now with the NWA World Television Champion, Iron Anderson, who uh, is about 27, going on 48, <laughs> as always. What is old, what is with this trend in the NWA? Young it's old? Like, young old, yeah. It's, it's real. Remember New Old from 7-Eleven? Yeah, He yeah. was good. This is a guy in our local 7-Eleven. We he, called him New Old. Because he was a new guy, but he was old, and I never appreciated him. And I Quinn was like, him, Quinn's he, like, no, he's good. He's like a real face over there. Yeah, he was a face, you're right. Uh, uh, but anyway, Arn bitches about how that boot Dusty was wearing was a weapon and he calls baby doll a stooge <laughs> and he also calls out her hypocrisy for like threatening him yeah. that they're gonna break his leg i kind of love his like jolly anger yeah like it's a fun promo a good promo yeah. Arn's always a good promo right yeah. i don't think he ever needed a boot but the fact is and the fact remains he no longer needs it so the only way i can calculate the only thing i can figure common sense tells me he's using it as a weapon to the right now we're Paul Jones is with Baron Von Roschka. Oh, goody. Uh, Baron's <laughs> opponent, Patrick Tanaka. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Very odd. Yeah, young Patrick Tanaka here. He's like a big jobber here. Oh, yeah. like, it's like bizarre. His hair is even more jobbery. Yeah, yeah everything about him is jobbery. Yeah, that's like Patrick. That's like something Alfred Hayes would say. He must just be starting out. Uh, like, let's see. Was he must have been in his early mid twenties? Yeah, he's he, probably around he's longer. He's paying his but dues here. He's paying dues. All yeah. right. Paul Jones, as always, looks like a butthead. <laughs> yeah. Also, why is the Baron even here? He's like fifty. Like, like seriously. <laughs> he is. I hate that we have to keep commenting about like the looks and age of people, well, but it's like this is like a very 
weird thing for us northeastern people when we come right. down to the end of it like why do all these people look old like, <laughs> like why Baron actually is yeah. old though this guy was around like <laughs> when the when the Berlin Wall was put up yeah seriously God. Uh, lock up in forearms on the ropes by Baron snap Baron a series of stomps vertical suit play by Baron poorly done Tommy Young is the ref again more stomps it's dumb Irish whip by the Baron awful knee lift like dogs lift their legs higher when they piss than that <laughs> knee lift honestly he's old Joe his hips are not working <laughs> his as hips well. do lie yeah. body slam by the Baron and a knee drop more stomps that's junk this is junky <laughs> i know it's bad tony Giovanni talks about dusty's doctor more as a cl- that's that's more interesting than this <laughs> well you know dr aswanic yeah. uh, claw by the baron gets the win michael and like the claw just to piss me <laughs> off like just absolutely One terrible of the worst this finishers. is a terrible match yeah i know and then baron of course keeps the claw on after the bell so Paul Jones comes in to stand around stupidly. By the way, there was like no purpose to that. Like no. it didn't lead to anything. He just there was came like in. no fines no, or like no. nobody had to come in and stop him. I no. like, why even do it? Like, <laughs> he just it's, walked in. It's no purpose. No. Hey, uh, Starcade 85 is on video though, Quinn. And now the theme to Starcade 85 is incredible. It's so good. It is so it's one of the best pay-per-view themes, and I'm not even joking. No, like, I, know I you're really not. think it's like one of the best. I think we need to have it under us as we're talking yeah, right it's now. It's so fucking good. It is. Uh now you can get Starcade 85 on video. For only thirty nine ninety five plus Whoa. five dollars. Excuse me, thirty nine ninety five. Forty fucking dollars. Forty five with the shipping and handling. For a, a VHS tape, one tape. That's a lot back then, right? What would that that's be a with lot inflation? Now. That's that? a lot for like any tape, any like a DVD. That's forty dollars. Could you imagine? Let's ask Sharon. You know our robotic assistant that we yeah. have sometimes. Let's ask her to tell us right now how much thirty nine ninety five would be in current dollars. Adjusted for inflation in two thousand nineteen. Thirty-nine dollars and ninety-five cents from nineteen eighty-six would equal approximately go fuck yourself, Andrew Jackoff. All right, well there you go. Uh, you, all you have to do is send your money to PO Box thirty-one sixty-seven to Ogden, Utah eight four four zero nine. What a weird processing <laughs> facility. Why not just Atlanta, <laughs> Ogden, yeah. Utah? I guess they, they really needed to ship that shit out. It's probably expensive. <laughs> well, the tape would have been like seventy dollars. <laughs> not, not only is it expensive, allow four to six weeks for delivery. Whoa. What are they? What are they fucking doing? Manufacturing the videotape? Do they only have one VCR they're, they're, to copy these onto? Making the yeah. tape? Like, <laughs> just one guy in a basement, like making it. Oh my god! In order. Yeah, it's Doctor Aswanic actually. Yeah, doctor, <laughs> maybe Doctor Aswanic. He's not a doctor. He's just a tape man. <laughs> he doctors the videotape. Yeah. Back to Tony, who hypes up the big Appomattox City High School show in Appomattox, Virginia. That's the, isn't that like where the Civil War ended? I swear, <laughs> probably Appomattox Courthouse. He he seems like he doesn't care at all. Yeah, also, like, why, why is he flanked by like the Merv Griffin show set? Did you notice that? <laughs> hey, it's George Costanza. Yeah, literally, like the one from that Seinfeld episode. Like that's what the background <laughs> looks uh, like. I'm happy expecting like Kramer to be in the corner like we got to find a new format and all this <laughs> yeah remember that yeah. that's a good episode yeah uh, you can get tickets at the Appomattox Rexall drugstore and uh, best furniture <laughs> yeah that, that too you okay. can buy a sofa and tickets to this fucking show <laughs> we bring in uh, Jim Cornette now to make fun of Ronnie Garvin and Manny Fernandez we get a rather 80s racist Mexican jo- not, not even joke. joke. It was like a rant. Yeah. Like it was horrible. I don't even like this really annoyed me. The views of Jim Cornette do not represent those of OVP as Jim Cornette says, I don't like Mexicans. They won't learn our language and like more shit. Like I was that. like, dude, come on. Like, I know he's a heel. Yes, but of he like, seems like a genuine fuckwad here. Well, like, I like he I still does today. Yeah, I. This uh, this annoyed me like a lot. <laughs> I know, it and was it's di- a shame too because he's pretty good for the rest of the show. He's like, a he's great like manager. Look, but, I mean, he is, but but this is like this was like too far. What I want to know if you were around, and I some some of our listeners were, 
If you were around during this period of time and followed this promotion, because Quinn and I, you know, we'll be honest, we were, Quinn wasn't born yet when this happened, born in May of 86. I was months old. If you were like of cognizant age, right, during this period of time when things like this were said, this is an honest question. Was this just, eh, to heal? You know, is a bad guy saying that? Like, let us know because I have no perspective on it. I don't know. No, but watching it in 2019, it was like... It wouldn't go over to that. It was not acceptable to be on television. (laughs) Let's put it that way. No. Like, Joe just, like, paraphrased. I don't want to get into it. He ranted. Yeah, he did. Like, it was bad. I'll probably drop it in for your own ears to hear what he said, but But yeah. Jim Cornette is 25, going on 260 pounds here. (laughs) Uh, Now to David Crockett, who's with shitty Paul Jones again, and the Baron and, good, the Barbarian. I like him. Uh, Paul Jones rambles on and on about how they're good and he's going to put $10,000 on the line if someone can defeat the Barbarian in a tug of war, (laughs) a human pull, and bench pressing 550 pounds. Who cares? Like, seriously, who cares? I hate when they do this. Is this like the Jesse the Body shit all over again? Let's arm wrestle. Yeah, it's fucking annoying. Gotta arm wrestle. Just Why doesn't he just challenge him to a wrestling match? Because, you know, we're in a wrestling company. (laughs) I don't care about any of that stuff. I know. Uh, Also, the way Paul Jones says barbarian, he says it like Bob Barian. He's like, my Bob Barian. Maybe that's his real name. Maybe it is. They just shortened it. If you can defeat the Barbarian in the test of strength. Barron claws around stupidly in the background while uh, Robert Barian makes faces here. Anyway, to the ring where Black Bart is there, and his opponent is whoever, because Tony Schiavone's talking about other stuff. Now, I gotta say, I never liked Black Bart's singlet, because I think they wanted him to look, like, less, like, Bruiser Brody, so they just didn't give him, like, the underpants or whatever. Like, seriously, like, it's just, like, he's Bruiser Brody just with, like, this singlet thing instead. He's Bruiser Brody with a love of haagen though. I mean, he's not, a, he's a little not, squishy. I wouldn't say Bruiser Brody was the thinnest man ever. He was bulky. Yeah, he was bulky, but this I'm... Guy's- tubby he's a little tub but he's got the same hair um the same color trunks just a singlet when he eats his yogurt he wants the fruit on the bottom and the top what is your opinion of black bart anyway he's okay he's yeah <laughs> he's not good he's the brass knuckles champion yeah, like constantly like, he's fine yeah i don't hate black bart a lot of cowboys in nwa too it's like he's not the only one you're right and yeah. it's not like there were cowboys in georgia yeah <laughs> i don't know they act, the like, they act like it's like very normal to run into a cowboy in Atlanta I've on never, the streets of Atlanta. I've scarcely I've been, run into a cowboy. I've been on the streets of Atlanta and I, I didn't run into a cowboy. Yeah, I at never all. really have. Yeah, uh, Black Bar with a devastating um eye gouge. Nice vertical <laughs> supply. The announcers are talking about the Russians as Black Bart lands a back body drop. Snake eyes by Bart as now we finally acknowledge that there's a match going on. Tommy Young is the ref again. That seems to be a theme here. Headbutts by Black Bart as we are told that the uh, jobber is George South, which is great. The squash is taking longer than two minutes, so I'm like kind of annoyed. He has a long squash. Yeah, it's, honestly, for, there's like arm work and yeah. it's just really annoying. <laughs> Too much going on. Yeah. Side backbreaker by Bart uh, and then an arm bar wrestled. <laughs> now Black Fart here with a knee drop. Uh, the match is good if you like nothing. Yeah. Black Bart. And the a- announcers like don't even know what to talk about. They, they don't even have anything. Like, Tony Schiavone is great at talking about other things, so he's right. in all his glory here. Yeah, but he doesn't even like. That's the thing. They're, they're so bored that they're they're like grasping at straws for even like all their stuff yeah, to talk about. There's nothing to say. Yeah, body slam by Bart, a crummy fist drop from the second rope. Tommy Young just says whatever to him, and <laughs> Bart's like, "What do you mean?" Which I liked. Another armbar, Quinn. End this! It's horrible! <laughs> uh, dump-ass second rope leg drop by Bart gets the win. It stunk. Yes, it did. Yeah. David Crockett is now with Cowboy Ron Bass. Good! I yeah, like I know. him. We're fans. He's a face here. Yeah, I like him. 
I like him. I yeah, like he's, him. He's very. I liking him. He's great. <laughs> he, like we've said in some of our pay per view reviews, when we've seen him, it's a waste of Ron Bass in the WF because right. he's pretty good. I have no problem. With him. <laughs> I know he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he really is fine. <laughs> he got the short end of the Spurs there in the yeah, WF. I don't man. know why didn't they make him like Blackjack Mulligan of the like late eighties, like they, they feud or something like eighty seven. What? But he was like winding down Mulligan, like it was stupid it was a red shirt era of Mulligan yeah. you know what I mean I don't right? know why he was even there still like <laughs> so seriously sad. yeah uh, so Bass calls out Paul Jones and says that he wants that 10 grand and that's kind of it he's yeah. just like I, I, I want to win it I'll win it <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll win it from the barbarian no but he wants rules like so that it's fair he's like I want it to be fair is it two out of three or yeah he, he like asks questions and you know, we'll get, we'll get those answers later. Let's clarify. Yeah. Uh, to the ring now where the Bob Barian here is taking on the Italian Stallion. And not Rocky. No. Like the, this, like, just the fat, jobber. Fat Rocky or he, something. <laughs> like, fat Rocky was, like, a staple of, like, the independent circuit forever. Oh, really? He's in, like, Northeast Territories in the 90s. Probably Nawa at some point. It, probably. Yeah. He's everywhere that you don't want him to be. <sighs> the opposite of uh, American Express. Anyway, Paul Jones takes a million years to get the Barbarian spiky bracelet off. Meanwhile, we get like an insert in a box with Baron Von Roschka, who says nothing good. Tommy Young is the ref again. Barbarian with a few shoves, as Roschka says that Paul Jones is good. Uh, he's not. Mm-hmm. Headlock by the Stallion. Roschka still talking. One of the world's strongest men. Natural strength. One of the most rugged men in the world. As his ally. Holy shit, just shut up, Baron. Like, he was so annoying. Joe, it was, like, distracting. I couldn't even pay attention to what was happening. Because even when they stopped showing the box, he's still talking. Right, he's a Like, I'm serious. Like, he's not even coherent. Like, it's just terrible. There's just, like, a bunch of mumbling, and every now and then David Crockett's like, Hi, I like wrestling. It's fun. And then he's like, And you're just like, stop it. Like, even Andre would be like, hey. Buddy, no one can understand you. Yeah, and then Tony's not even saying anything during this. Oh! Tony doesn't say shit, like, the whole time. And David's just kind of, like, dealing with it. He's like, well, there's good action in the ring! You know what I mean? Like, I like that impression of yeah. David. Hi! He's all happy. He is. He always loves the product. It's true. He's yeah. always happy. Barbarian can't escape a headlock. Way to build your heel, by the way, as uh, the Baron says something about Terminators, and then he says Road Runners instead of Road I, Warriors. I, I hate, well, I think he was saying that to like make fun of them. Was I think he? that was his joke. That's what I got out of it. Like, Very funny. Yeah, he thought he was a real clown when's over he, here. When's yeah. he going on tour? Yeah, maybe he can open for Sam Kinison. Nineteen fifties humor over here. All right, maybe he can open for Bob Hope. Then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the barbarian continues to look stupid as a stallion punches away and grabs a side hot side headlock takeover. Why are they booking a monster heel like it's that? So bad. It's so bad. That's Jeff. one thing where look, and you can hate us if you want for liking the Northeast. Vic always booked monster heels really well. They're the ones that get the squashes. Like, yes. meanwhile, Boogie's the only one that yeah. like really got the like huge squash. Right. Like, why is Stallion like winning? Yeah, <laughs> he shouldn't even be. He close. sucks. Yeah, <laughs> everyone knows he sucks. Like, everyone knows he's gonna lose, even if he gets offense. Right. So it's just weird. They're not building the Italian Stallion. Nobody ever wanted that. No. Ever. I got everything I ever wanted. <laughs> Stallion tries a cross body block. Thankfully, Barbarian catches him and lands a backbreaker, then a press slam. Roshka is still talking. He won't stop. It's like, serious, he folks. He will not <laughs> fucking shut up. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. Road runners are going to have a very, very difficult time when we step in the ring with them. Nice power slam by Bob Barbarian here, and he heads up top and nails his signature flying headbutt. 
for the win. That was nicely done. Uh, we're back now where David Crockett is with J.J. Dillon and uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises. I, I don't... Why is Tully a company? <laughs> I don't like, know. What is he... What is his business? This is the weird thing about all this pe- this period of time, too. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know because I, I've watched a lot of the shows yeah, before yeah. this one. The Four Horsemen, like, exist. Yeah, no, they exist. But they're, they're like... Acknowledged. They I'm not joking. There's, like, times where I swear they would say things like, oh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises no, is, like... Working with the four horsemen, it's real. It's like, like it's a company, but there's like a merger of some. Why is there always got to be like some kind of weird business deals? Like, there it's a guy, like <laughs> with a manager, like he's not a company. Yeah, they do what, this does a he lot. Own oil or something? Like, I. But what does this have to do with wrestling? That's a staple of uh, of the territories. The, it's always the the heel stable is always like a company somehow. Stand or Akbar did that too. Can I ask a question? Why would like a actual company that was trying to make money that are big businesses like funding? wrestlers yeah where you pay, like, get paid what? 75 bucks a shot in yeah, fucking like, high school like again they're only getting a roller derby <laughs> they're getting a cut of like shitty purse money yeah like that's not even good horrible dangerous it's just really bad anyway jj here calls out jimmy valiant who has a challenged Tully Blanchard to a taped fist match, so he goes on about that. Now, honestly, I like JJ. I think he's kind of an underrated manager. You think he's underrated? I, I think nobody he's... talks about him anymore. Uh... I really always enjoyed him. Like I thought, to me, he's what Bobby was trying to like replace when Ric Flair went to WF. I think Bobby's better at no, it. No, I think Bobby's better. But what I'm saying is, JJ was the mold for like this is how you are the manager of Ric Flair. Like, this is, like, how you act. You're, like, a serious businessman type of thing. But you're also, like, you like to have fun with him, too. Yeah. Like, that's, like, kind of, like, I I always felt that when Bobby's, like, was the mold he was fitting when he managed Ric Flair was, like, he was, like, a better J.J. Dillon. I agree with that. But I just always thought that J.J. Dillon did a great job in this role. I think he was the best person for the role. Right, yeah. I think he's fine. Because he's got a face you want to punch. Oh, like, God, yeah. And he and he, he acts like he's big shit, but he does, in a weird way, he has that heaning quality where you're like, he's fucking lying. He'll he's or something. Yeah, yeah you know exactly. I mean? Like, yeah. He's okay. Tully brings up Tony Tubbs, the boxer, for some <laughs> well, reason. I don't know I don't what know. any of this was about. Don't but, worry. Yeah. <laughs> and Tully with a very good point. He's like, I might lose some, but I win a lot more than I lose. I'm like, well, you can't really argue with yeah. that. That's a good heel point. a good point. winning strategy. <laughs> he's yeah. like, yeah, I lose sometimes, mm-hmm. but I win more, so fuck you. Uh, we go to break, and we come back with David Crockett again, who is now with the Midnight Express. That's, of course, the Dennis Condry version. Yeah, Eaton. the other one. Yeah, and Dennis Condry and Cornette's there. And Condry poses stupidly in the background. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bobby Eaton Quinn <laughs> this, has, like... This I- could not believe what the fuck he was wearing. <laughs> He's wearing a bright purple women's one-piece bathing suit, well, it's like practically. A le- okay, it's so like no, a leotard. No, it's a leotard, Joe, because he's got... I'm not kidding. He's got, like, a purple, like, <laughs> like women's bathing suit on. It's real, folks. But, like, he's got, like, pink tights. Like Spanx. Like the see-through kind. <laughs> like a lady. Maybe like, he has ballet I after this. He looks like a ballet dancer. Ballerina I Bobby Eaton. I couldn't believe he was wearing this. Like, right. I, it was very appalling to me. It's just to be a heel, right? I, I, like, it is, has to does be. Does he wrestle in that? I hope so. Because that, that looks like it's too delicate to wrestle in, like, to be honest with you. <laughs> David Crockett happily cuts off a Cornette's rambling by sending it to the ring. <laughs> He's all, fuck this, there's a match, yeah, basically. Great. Like, Crockett's like, fuck no, this just promo. Stop talking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're in the ring fuck yeah, you yeah, yeah. we don't want to see that we want the turtles yeah. like you know what i mean <laughs> uh, manny fernandez and ronnie garvener in the ring they're taking on mac and jim jeffers uh the faces kick all kinds of ass to start fernandez is jim jeffers lock up corner whip by manny and then an arm drag garvin and now with an arm ringer tommy young 
still the ref, yep. uh, Mac Rivera, Mac Rivera, Mac Rivera, <laughs> Mac Jefferson now, and he takes Garvin down with an armbar. There's a funny spot here where Jim Jeffers has his back turned in the crowd, and he thinks he's cranking on Garvin's arm, but it turns out it's actually his own brother's. I love that spot. That was yeah. like the best thing wrestling-wise that happened on this show. Yes, it was a great little spot. Yeah. Huge pop for it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, crowd is loud for this one as Mac writhes in agony. Garvin lands a big punch, you know, with his very hard fist, mm-hmm. and then a back rake. Who is he, Hulk Hogan? I don't know. <laughs> the fuck I does that? Yeah, <laughs> Garvin that sucks. Sp- Garvin sucks, man. There's like, a contingent of people that love him, Quinn. He's horrible. You're going to hear from them. I can't stand him. <laughs> Send your cards and letters to Michael Quinn in Ogden, Utah. Yeah, yeah. Ogden, Utah, yes. <laughs> Fernandez in that with a big chop, Irish whip, drop down, leapfrog, and a big forearm by Manny to Mac. Mac tries to come back, but Fernandez secretly tags in Garvin, who nails Mac with one of his hands of trash, and that gets the win. Ugh, hands this, of trash. <laughs> I hate that finishing. Guy. I know, it's the bad. power of the punch. He's like William Regal Ugh. or some shit. Punched sucks as a finisher. Yeah, it always was bad. Remember when King did it just to be a dick? Yeah, but like, King did it with a fake foreign object. That's yeah, why always, I like it. It's always like a piece of paper, but <laughs> not nothing even, sometimes. Not, nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> just put his hand in his trunks briefly, and then there's literally nothing. I love that spot yeah. when King does it, because yeah. he's not doing anything. It's all psychological. And yeah, everyone thinks he's like cheating. And he's it's not. great. Uh, David Crockett now is with Jim Cornette in the Midnights again. They haven't gone away, so we're going to hear with them shortly. Cornette's all upset about getting interrupted, <laughs> and he's like, who cares about them? Yeah, Which exactly. It's like, I can buy this whole show yeah. or some yeah. shit. <laughs> he threatens to buy the time slot and have David Crockett in the parking lot selling tickets and then parking cars. It's great. And then he's like, it won't be a job to win the tag team tag titles. It'll be a pleasure. Uh, Crockett now throws to break again. Yes, he cuts him off again. It's amazing. And, uh, even better is we come back and Cornette and the Midnights are still there. Yeah, this is like the precursor to Jericho reading the moves. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like This is like years before that. They do it. They go through three segments. They just won't leave. Yeah, it's well, really they funny. They, yeah, they still, he got cut off again. Yep. He's like, Dave Crockett's like, we gotta go to commercial. Like, <laughs> yep. He's like in the middle of talking. And Condry poses again stupidly. <laughs> you know what's amazing? On three instances, we got to see Bobby Eaton in the stupid outfit, too. Yep. And Condry just like fucking around in the yeah, background. Sorry. Neither of the Midnight's talk yeah, it's hilarious. the whole time. Yeah. Uh, Cornette rambles on and on, you know, the usual, before Crockett again throws to the ring where the Rock and Roll Express are entering here. Now, I love how David is clearly laughing at, like, how dumb this, like, cut-off gimmick oh, yeah, is. Oh, yeah, they, they do get cut off on the final time yes, by they the Rock do. and Roll Express music, and then they never come back again. Yep, Cornette gets all upset, of course, that the Rock and Rolls are cutting uh, them now, off. Now, I was surprised they didn't, like, interfere or anything. You know what I mean? Like, because, like, to me, that's what was brewing here, right? The whole, like, the third yeah. time they get cut off, like, the joke should be, like, that's they it. They storm like, the ring or something. Them. Like, yeah. But they don't. The crowd, of course, is way into the Rock and Roll Express, as they always were down there. Mm-hmm. These are, I mean, the Rock and Rolls folks, from everything I've ever seen, when they're in their home territories, you know, when they're in the NWA. They're the most over shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we make age jokes about them, all that. They're young, but they look old. But man, were they over. Mm-hmm. That's what the Rockers and a bunch of other teams after. Well, that's what everyone was aiming, were, to were aiming yeah. for. Yeah, but yeah. this is the originals, really. I don't think you could duplicate this is a very unique situation where they had their home territory wrapped around their finger like they could just whatever they did was like the greatest shit yep it was seriously like everyone loved them and this crowd had no problem with their stupid mullets exactly well they were cool down there they still are yeah (laughs) 
Sorry. Uh, their opponents are Thunderfoot and Tony Zane. Uh, Foot and Morton start here. And uh, Morton, <laughs> the fact that you can call a match and say Foot, Foot. is like a guy. <laughs> Morton with a monkey flip and then an arm drag into an arm bar. Tag to Gibson who lands a knee lift and an arm drag into an arm bar of his own. Side headlock now by Gibson and Morton comes back in with a snapmare. Thunderfoot, by the way, is dressed like a conquistador or yeah, something. I-, I thought it was the Golden Terror the whole like time. It. It's I the swear. same thing. I didn't even like know his name was Thunderfoot. Well, I'll tell you this. This show is not good at announcing the opponents. No. Oh, it does not. The jobbers are never said. No, they I, may briefly be mentioned. I had to actually, because some of them, Tony and David don't say, I had to look up results of the show <laughs> to get really? the names. Yes. That's funny. Including this one here. Uh, so he tags in Zane. <laughs> Zane. Zane. B- Billy Zane. <laughs> Billy Zane. But Morton tags in Gibson, who lands a shoulder block. Double dropping now to a huge pop, and that gets the win. That was certainly brisk, yep, Michael. Quick and fun. Yep. No, no bullshit. No bullshit there. More promos for the Ahaskul show. And... <laughs> Sam Houston now. What is he doing here? <laughs> the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion wanders in. He gives a very generic promo about facing Black Bart. You know, the, gee golly, you know, I'm faster than you and I'm ready and I'm good. Bye. He's so lame. Like, he, why do they always, he's like one of those guys they just give a thousand chances to and he sucks. <laughs> like, he sucks so much. Like this is his this is his only moment on that shows how much confidence they have in him. He's on it for like three seconds. Like you never see him again. And of course, Sam Houston, folks, if you're not familiar, he is the half brother of uh, Jake Roberts and Rockin' Robin. Yep, he's at, connected. Yeah, Grizzly Smith Foundation or whatever. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, that's his company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a company around here. Went out of business. Yeah. Uh, Ron Bass wanders in now with a very fashionable purple V-neck sweater. Uh, he'll be facing the Barbarian, and he says that Barbarian's got to prove himself. And also, fuck Paul yeah, Jones, basically. That's basically the gist. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Garvin now comes in dressed like Pat Patterson <laughs> to say that he and Manny Fernandez are really neat or whatever. Uh, we, I, I fucking hate Ronnie Garvin, too. Yeah, I don't he care. Stinks. Maybe he was good in his element. I still well, don't like him. He was probably good in the 60s. Like, whenever the fuck he was around. He's an old one. Yeah, yeah, he's another he, one of those old, yeah, old, old people. Codgers. <laughs> old codger. Yeah. Uh, we're back to the ring now where the national tag team champions, Tully and Iron, are taking on Pez Watley and Rocky King. Remember Which they King? didn't say that that was them. I didn't, nope. I, I didn't even notice it was Pez until he got in the ring. I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. Remember King? Yep. Rocky King. Yeah, remember him. Uh, meanwhile, David Crockett is with Baby Doll. She blathers on and on about Iron Anderson until JJ wanders over and he gets in the tiffy with her. Now, can I can I say something that's very important about this whole dumb thing? Please. They put a split screen and... A the, split screen, the yes. The match does not matter oh, no. the entire time. It's like, amazing. This is like peak WCW yes. right here. Like, <laughs> to the fact that they, they, they split screen it and it even gets to a point where they just stop even showing the match and they just only show yes. what's going on with baby doll it's over here absolutely real yeah uh, jj says that it's a real tragedy that baby doll is here as dusty's mouthpiece while dusty's in a float is a float in a parade which i found funny <laughs> he's the float arm bar by arm arm anderson here baby doll says that she's not a dumb blonde jj says that women like her are a dime a dozen and all he needs is a pocket full of quarters and can have all the women that he needs i like this like the drama with them yep. and jj's really asking oh, for it like, like this is again this is why i like jj dillon it's like he he doesn't push it like where it's offensive it's just to a point where you're like man i just want to see him get decked and he knows that dusty's not there so he's being really antagonistic exactly so we're still in the orange bar here as jj takes off his jacket he wants to you know he's gonna get physical baby doll but guess who runs in boogie woogie comes in and happily make the save now uh, boogie is like in a proud leather coat (laughs) like it's great. Yeah, like, he's he, all he, jolly. It's like you know you're not gonna touch baby doll. Like it's like woo, 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 woo. like he like just dances in 
fine. I love it. Uh, apparently, like you said, we don't care about this match because we're literally full screen <laughs> yeah, at this they, point. They full screen it. They're like they're like fuck that match. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we go back to the ring now, where Pez Watley nails a drop kick on Tully. I swear the fans are chanting tag team. Tag <laughs> it's team. Not, I, I know, but it sounds like that. And it, 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 I was like, what the? Can like, you imagine? That's like so generic. Before there was this was awesome or uh, <laughs> one more match or any of that. There was tag team. Arn storms in though and kicks ass here. Tommy Young still the ref. Crossbody by Wally gets two. No, as uh, Tully comes in to break the count. Tully's back in now. Big rights by Pez. Corner whip and Tully falls all the way to the outside and asks for a DQ. But Tommy Tommy Young ain't having it. Pez tags in King, who goes for a backdrop and gets t- kicked by Tully, who tags in Arn. A few punches by Arn. He tags Tully back in and they land and. Awesome. This is a great finisher, yeah. Double team gourd buster from the middle rope for the win. What a finish. Yeah, and this is good shit. This team is way better than the Ali Iron team. Yeah. Uh, no wonder, like, they went with them. I like, like Tully and They're just better. better. Yeah. Like, they're just a lot better. They're younger. You don't do- mind Oli, though, right? I don't. I never liked them, <laughs> to be honest with you. I was always like, I remember when I was first watching the Swordsman shit. I, the first thing I thought was like, when does Oli not be here because he sucks? Who was the first one they replaced him with? Barry Windham, believe so. And then Lex, right? Was, then Lex, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah I like the Windham version of the Horseman better than the Oli. Fucking old, like o- old Anderson, oldie Anderson, oldie Anderson. Yeah. Stinks. How creative we are. Yeah. Anyway, that was good. Uh, David Crockett is again with Paul Jones and Baron von Roschka to talk about the Ron Bass thing. Why? <laughs> again? So much. Yeah. Now I got to say, look, I'm not trying to be a hater. Paul Jones though is not interesting to me. Yeah, in I don't the least. get your your hate for him. It's, look. I'm sorry if he's supposed to be good or something, but I've never seen anything with him that I... He's here's not the, good! Okay, here's the thing. Is that I not interesting? I don't think... I think you're trying to, like, see why he's a good manager. Yeah. But if, if you were an NWA fan and you, like, I don't know, like, slick or, like, whatever, like, you'd be like, why is he fucking here? Like, he doesn't really talk or do much. Slick's got personality, though. My point is, is that Paul Jones is, like, he's, like, the lower-tier manager. Or like, Fuji. Yeah, like Fuji or something like that. Well, I don't want Fuji all over my show either. Right, but my point is, is that, like, he's just, like, it's kind of like the three philosophers. It's like, there's one of them that, you know, you always, in per show, that you're like, why are they even here? So the upper card manager, obviously, is Dylan, and then Cornette, right? Yeah, he's kind of like Jimmy Hart. You know <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, Cornette, head and shoulders above Paul Jones. Right. Comments but, notwithstanding. But Paul Jones is like the slick or Fuji. Like, it's just boring, yeah, though. Like, but I, I guess that's my point. Is like every every company back then they got their like tiers of managers, yeah, and Paul Jones is like the lower tier manager. Like, there's the Albano Blassy Wizard version. Yeah, there's yeah. the Bobby Jimmy Hart Fuji or Slick version. Yeah, exactly. Harvey this is just, Whippleman. This is their manager lineup. He stinks. Yeah. Anyway, unfortunately, the Baron talks again about how he's going to eliminate the Road Warriors once and from all. Baron's <laughs> bathrobe is crap, by the way. <laughs> bathrobe. Like, stinky. I, <laughs> I don't know why he wears that thing. <laughs> bathrobe. That's funny. It is a bathrobe. I know. And with that, David Crockett just says goodbye. Gets He's out like, of here. okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love David Crockett. Yeah, Can I, I just too. say, like, no. he just jollily is like, okay, we'll see you next All week. Right, bye, see everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. Uh, this show, absolutely fine. Nothing yeah. great, you know, but nothing bad, honestly. And we got to see a bunch of people and a bunch of stuff because every match was short. Now, the show was fun. There's so many characters. There's so much going on. Joe, you know, another thing that I realized ever watched was like, this is a B show. And oh, it, yeah. It does not feel like a B show at all. No, no, no. This There's is like action packed. So much shit happening. Lots There's like storyline advancement. Yep. Like, it's weird. And we didn't even get to see some of the big names like Dusty Rhodes Rick and Flair Ric Flair. Flair wasn't even yeah. here. Like, yeah. Still a very entertaining show. 
I would put it up against whatever uh, superstars or uh, championship wrestling still in January. Yeah. Right? I'd put it up against that. I'm sure well paced. Yeah. One of the things that we complain about when we watch bad programming is horribly boring long matches. This had none of that. Well, it had some boring matches, but like, not like long. No, they weren't long. I mean, that black bar shit. That was the sucked. longest it yeah. got, I think, right? Yeah. But that's one of the things that we have a problem with is when things aren't well-paced. This was really, really well I mean, this show paced. was jam-packed. Yep. I mean, the fact that we even get, like, retorts, to, right? Like, we get uh, an establishing comment from one heel, a retort from a face, and then a retort to that retort. Great. Like, the fact that they fit all that in, it's, yep. that makes it feel like it's flowing and moving and yeah. things are happening, you know? Yeah, no, it was a well-produced, well-done show. Nice to have a little break from uh, some bad stuff again. We've been we've had a lot of good this has reviews. Been, I feel you know? like the season of good shit. Yeah, we hope you've uh, found this to be good shit again as we've romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. We'll, of course, be back next week for another episode in the world of retro wrestling. But in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter, if you haven't yet, at OVP Podcast. You can email us, OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Patreon. Support us on Patreon if you want to. You can check that out, patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But, Quinn, until next time, in another week in the world of retro wrestling, we'll be back. I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. And guess what? We're out of here. See ya. Adjusted for inflation, in 2019, $39.95 from 1986 would equal approximately go fuck yourself, Benjamin Fucklin ha 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 ha. Approximately go fuck yourself, George wash my ass. Ha. I can't get this shit right. Would equal approximately go fuck yourself, Ulysses ass grand. Inflate your ass. Would equal approximately will you stop.